What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinin, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me on this wintry evening are my Star Wars friends. I'm Josh. Ow. Oh, that's my Ben Solo impression. Sorry. I told you I was here for the Newt Gunnery and the Newt Gunnery only. (laughs) Oh, something. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. you. Uh, This is Kyle and uh, leaked scripts leave scars. Some you can't see. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah, good tie-in. Actually, great tie-in for today's episode. What's that? I said, are you the the lead singer of an emo band? Because... That's Ryan and Jarris. Thank you very much. (laughs) That was actually from the the leak script line was from an episode of Rebels. You might have missed that, Josh. You got to go back and rewatch it on Disney Plus. I've never watched Rebels. I don't know. I'd recommend it. It's all right. So is it is it cold and snowy by you guys right now? Because it is cold and snowy up. Yes. Don't talk about it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm on the southern border of that same state, and it is cold and rainy here. Yeah. Do you did you get any snow? No, not yet. But it's supposed to be down in the 20s tomorrow, so we'll see. See, I love it. I love the Hoth-like weather. I love the snow, but I have been cooped up in my house, and there might be some restless energy on today's episode because I am (laughs) ready to go outside. And uh, you know, we're mid-January now, and usually by this time, I kind of get that like. I don't know. I just want to get outside. I want to breathe some fresh air. But uh, on the bright side, I've stayed inside and uh, played Knights of the Old Republic all day uh, with my cat, Taco. And um, I am finally off the planet Terrace. I am now at the Jedi Academy at Dantooine for all those in the know uh, to give you an idea of where I'm at in the game. But uh, boy, am I ready to go outside and eat some tacos. So <laughs> this winter weather, uh, although it does have its bright sides, Knights of the Old Republic, especially. Um, I'm just ready for, I guess I'm ready for spring. So, all right. Uh, and speaking of video games, we do this thing on our on our Twitter. So at SW Friends Show, if you haven't connected with us on social media, you can connect with us at SW Friends Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And we put out a poll because we just did episode 14, which was Super Star Wars Video Games. And I just put out there, you know, what's your favorite Star Wars video game? And with 57% of the vote from you guys, it's Knight of the, Knights of the Old Republic. So that beat out, you know, Shadows of the Empire, Battlefront 2, and uh, a fill-in, I guess, fill-in-the-blank comment. Not a, we didn't get a lot of those, but uh, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, 57%. So that's cool. And I know the three of us talked about doing a Knights of the Old Republic playthrough. I have not gotten a copy yet, but I did find one 
at a GameStop like 15 miles away from me. So I think I'm going to go try and pick that up tomorrow for $5.99. In That's the, crazy. Yeah, it's the closest one to me. Um, I, I looked on the app. And it's the only store within you know, 100 miles of me that has it. But luckily, oh my that God. one's not too far away. So I'm going to try and grab that tomorrow. Yeah, five ninety nine is a good price. Five ninety nine is uh, uh, actually a really good price. I paid eighteen dollars for mine, so oh, good find. I know, right? <laughs> but um, so this is episode fifteen, and um, man, it's just like you know, I, I we've there's so much to talk about, but this is a this is an interesting episode. This was kind of a last minute topic that we were all just hanging out in our group thread. And we're trying to figure out what to talk about on this episode because we're in between Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian and Clone Wars, which is coming out in a few weeks. So it's just like, yeah, we can we can dive back into the Rise of Skywalker. We can dive back into Mandalorian, um, you know, but really with this episode, this is a this just stems from the nonstop discourse that's on star wars social media and um this stems from all these leaks 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 reddit 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 it's like every time you go on social you get bombarded with all these different angles yesterday was the kenobi leak and you know which totally got disproved right away um check star wars friends social media if you guys want to just get the facts only facts are deborah chow kicks ass ewan mcgregor kicks ass the kenobi series is going to kick ass thank you disney plus for kicking ass thank you john favreau Filoni for kicking ass. Those are the facts. We're not going to put any, you know, anything crazy on SW Friends Show on Twitter or Instagram without actually, you know, having a reliable source. So leaks are unfortunately part of what we what we encounter in fandom, whether we want to or not. I know some people that actually love the leaks. Do you guys like leaks? Do you guys like knowing things before an official statement gets put out? I, I like seeing things. I don't like plot leaks, but I do like like hearing about like people be, possibly being attached to projects and stuff because it's you know it's just it's fun and I don't think it's like hurtful. Although I was very stressed about the Kenobi shit yesterday. <laughs> um, Hugh McGregor is my favorite actor, even without Star Wars in his resume. So really? I was, I've yeah, I was very. Uh, excited for this, and so when it when it looked like it was in peril, I was a little stressed. It was it was never in peril. It no, I know. trust trust my text message my text messages, Josh. It was never in peril. Well, you were busy, so you were just like, no, it's nothing. And I was like, tell me more. And you're like, you're like crickets, ghosts. I was actually <laughs> at you know I was at Target looking for discounted Black Series figures, and I was we have a we have a two story Target by us, and I was riding down the escalator, and I was furiously trying to find you the uh, the leak the the discussing film. I, I don't even I can't believe I just said the name of this website on our on our podcast because they don't put we'll, out anything. We'll truthful. it out. Yeah, right. It, but it's like, yeah, like, you know, I was trying to find your source and I was furiously like digging through just piles of of nonsense on Twitter. And uh, luckily I found it for you. So it's but it's safe. Kenobi's safe. I, I do appreciate his rep coming out and saying something, though, because they could have like it, it, they could have let it just go and go. And the fact that they were like, no, it's fine. Stop. Yeah, but that I appreciated that a lot. I actually think a leak is just like a less offensive term for a spoiler, so I generally am against them. Yeah, and and we've we've talked about spoilers on previous episodes and and kind of how we all feel about them and and like 
we uh, as Americans, we might be the only society that doesn't like spoilers generally because the Japanese market, the Chinese market, the European market, they actually embrace as much as they can before the actual product comes out. They feel that it adds to the story. But here in America, we like the surprise. We like the intrigue. We like the reveal because it makes the movie going experience, uh, at least in, in my opinion, it makes it more fun. I don't want to know before I go sit in a dark theater and, and have my mind blown for two hours, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. And to me, it gives you almost two different experiences. You know, you get that first experience when you have no knowledge at all, um, where you go in and you're completely, you know, awestruck or surprised or whatever your reaction is the first time. And then on subsequent viewings, you're going to have that, that base knowledge from having already seen it already. So you can, you know, take a deeper look at it, maybe catch some things you missed the first time. So I don't know why I would rob myself of the opportunity to see it at least once right. uh, completely unadulterated. Cause that's the only time you can ever do it. Once is the most you can ever have. So I'm going to take the one, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I guess what I, what I meant, what I just meant, a, a, like it's a fine, Josh. Example. Your point was so terrible. Just there's oh, no redeeming it. <laughs> well, no, the like a, a perfect example is like the the rumor that a couple days before that that I I took a little bit more stock in just because of the outlets that were reporting it. The Taika Watiti, because saying saying like so and so has been tasked to direct a Star Wars project doesn't tell you anything about the project. Like saying, mm. oh, this person has been um, like there was things about. Dave Batista playing Bane or something in Darth Bane in 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 some like from like eight months ago like that gives you a potential plot point or something but like hearing about directors or staff I you know okay. isn't that a big director writer something like that yeah, yeah. I, I guess I don't so, mind that yeah. yeah and that's not necessarily a leak and and I'm gonna kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit for you it's just so my my education my actual education in life I have a bachelor a BFA in uh, in television and radio so I did a lot of screenwriting did, I worked for Adult Swim I, I, I have a good sense of what goes on. Um, maybe not so much now. That was like 10, 15 years ago. Um, but so you can literally insert name here, insert scenario here. And as long as you predicate it with sources said or overheard or, you know, in discussion, in development, because generally the way the Hollywood works is they there. I guarantee you Taika Waititi has a project that he wants to pitch to Star Wars. When you're a creative and you are in that industry, you're, you're writing all types of treatments. And what a treatment could be is on a napkin. It could literally be just an idea that you have on a napkin. And as long as you can turn it into a studio executive or, or pitch it to somebody, you're in development. You're in talks. So do I do I think Taika Waititi has an idea for Star Wars? Hell yeah. Do you think that I think that he's so John Favreau? <laughs> right. So my thing is this, like that that's not a far-fetched one because you can probably associate a number of different people to a Star Wars project. Ding, ding, ding. Dude, I wrote a treatment for the Knights of Red. Did it ever get picked up? No, not at all. It got totally denied. And, um, you know, but I, you know, you could have said Christopher Marin and in talks to develop a Knights of Ren novelization, right? Like, cause that, that was a true statement, uh, two years ago. So it's just like, you know, with that type of stuff, it's, it's more common, but I, I said this in our group thread, 
I posted it on my personal Twitter yesterday. Here's some rumors I came up with on the fly at Target while I was then shopping for frozen pizzas, which, by the way, they have a great pesto chicken pizza at Target. You guys should look into that. But here we go. Here's some rumors. Uh, Here's some possible leaks. I'm not saying where they came from. They definitely didn't come from at SW Friends Show on Twitter at all. That's why they weren't posted there. Let's see here. Kathleen Kennedy pegs George Lucas and Jordan Peele for the Rise of Skywalker reshoot based on the leaked Trevorrow script. Or how about this one? Unused Oracle scenes from the Rise of Skywalker feature rumored castmate Matt Smith as Earl Palpatine. We all know that Matt Smith was associated with the Rise of Skywalker, right? And we all know that we've seen those Oracle uh, screenshots this past week and all that unused footage. Why couldn't Matt Smith be Earl Palpatine in the unused Oracle footage, right? (laughs) I I actually have a question about that. Is that... Is that Earl Palpatine because Earl is his first name, or is that a title because he is an <laughs> Earl? I guess I it could go either way, dude. <laughs> no, I was just thinking first name. So uh, Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. When I read those, when you first sent those to us, I thought those were examples of of uh, <laughs> of leaks that 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 source that no. we won't say that we already said before no uh, had was, already put out and then i read them again and i was like oh, okay yeah 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 because i was i was trying to show you how easy it was just to make something seem like a leak reported beyonce furious over casting of babu frick jj promised this role was mine like dude you can literally put anything out there as long as you you have a have a url you have to have a cool graphic you got to make it formatted so it looks professional and just throw it on social and let the and let the kids kind of toss it around and dissect it and get mad over it. It's just like so with these leaks, these leaks, these leaks, these leaks, they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop, guys. So we have to be as Star Wars fans. So all all the listeners of this podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, check your sources, check your sources. We are going to do our best on Star Wars friends to never prop up a leak or uh, a rumor that we can't prove if it's true. I mean, there's a lot of episodes. We've, we're only on episode 15, but we you know, we have now 20 hours of podcast audio on, on the internet, and we have done a, we've done a lot of talking, but we also have done a really good job not to prop up those rumors because we can't we can't back them up. And I don't want to be known as a, a show that puts out false information. I only want to talk about the legit real stuff. And, you know, today's episode is even kind of like, hmm, should we talk about it? Yeah, it's fun. We should talk about this. Plus, it has been validated by several reputable sources that today's topic is actually um, – this is a this is a good clean topic to to talk about on the Star Wars Friends show uh, because this is now based on a uh, an actual script a treatment so I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag because I've been talking about it for 15 minutes now today's topic is the leaked Colin Trevorrow script uh, from Reddit that just came out this past week and when I I heard about it two days before Esquire wrote about it Esquire.com and when I heard about it, someone was like, yeah, did you see it on Reddit? Okay. Red flag immediately. When someone says you see it on Reddit, you, did you read it on Reddit? It's like, no, I don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't want to deal with it because it's like, it's hit or miss. It's, you got less than a 20% chance of that thing being real if it's on Reddit. And 
I let the you know the story marinated and and we got hit with forty other Star Wars rumors in that three day period before the Esquire magazine article came out and Esquire wrote about it. They were able to validate it. And then a couple other news publications validated it a day after the Esquire article came out. So now I'm comfortable to talk about it on this show. Um, so as you guys know, when Disney bought Star Wars, they they hired some young Hollywood, you know, at the time, really talented folks, still to this day, very talented um, filmmakers. They had J.J. Abrams pegged to do the first movie. They had Ryan Johnson pegged to do the second movie and Colin Trevorrow to do the third movie. And Colin Trevorrow is a filmmaker who cut his teeth doing the Jurassic World uh, movies. So that was when he did that. Disney was like, OK, this is the guy to do the final Skywalker. Like, dude, really? You look at dinosaurs and you think that this is the guy to do it. Anyways, I was very skeptical of this. I was very skeptical of Ryan Johnson. Um, when that was first announced that these three separate filmmakers were doing something, I Colin Trevor, I was the one that I was like, I don't want anything to do with. And it, you know, this was the weird one. Cause I don't like personally, I don't like Jurassic park. I don't like Jurassic world, but what happened was, um, you know, he did all his treatment. He did all his work. He put everything together for this final Star Wars movie. But then he released a film called The Book of Henry, which was supposed to be a, you know, it was going to be a Academy Award nominated film. And it was a, supposed to be a very big drama, right? It was a huge flop. It was a major, major wet fart of a film. So um, Disney was like, uh-oh, can't do, we can't have this guy. Because, you know, Disney, they, they do the whole thing where they have a director come in and then they have someone else mop up the floor, a la Ron Howard, a la Gareth Edwards, all the drama behind that type of stuff. Um, so, of course, they freaked out. They told Colin Trevorrow, no thanks. And they brought in J.J. To, to, to button it up, as we all know. But before all this, Colin Trevorrow put together this treatment. He put together a story that I think, after now reading, is a pretty fantastic story. And um, I think it's really interesting. So I guess the backstory of how we got here is that this this guy, Robert Meyer Burnett, who's like a independent filmmaker and nothing. I guess he's like an online Reddit personality. Um, you know, no one that I've ever followed, no one I would ever follow going forward, but he did this live reading of the script on, uh, on Reddit and someone translated it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'll, I'll tell you this, my, we've talked a lot about rise of Skywalker already. And, um, my feelings are well documented that I liked the rise of Skywalker immediately after watching that movie. The more we've talked about it, the more time has gone on. I don't know if I like it. And whoa, yeah, this is the first time hearing of this. Yeah. Yeah. The more I sit and stew on it. Well, I think I'm also being influenced by social media. I'm being influenced by my brain. I'm being influenced by diving back into my star Wars safe zone, which is expanded universe, which is, you know, all the shit that I'm super comfortable with. And, um, you know, I'm talking to Jason Swank at rebel force about my star Wars safe zone and my, I'm bunkering down because I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I don't know what happened to Star Wars, but the sequel trilogy, the more I think about the trilogy in totality, the less I like it. And um, I mean, I'm sure it's I don't know. I'm having a, I'm having a midlife. I'm having a midlife Star Wars crisis here, guys. And I'm thinking the more about this movie, um, 
I don't know. I like the movie. Okay. I like the rise of Skywalker, but what sucks is a storyteller. Um, I don't really like the story. I don't like it. And I thought that there were a lot of decisions that were probably rushed and probably catering to fans, um, that I, that I wish probably should have had some more time to digest. And I don't know if that's just because they were up against a deadline or whatever, but it did seem like the more I thought about the movie, the, the more the decisions just, it seemed very, very rushed from a storytelling perspective. And I'm not talking about the pacing of the film. I'm not talking about the editing. I'm talking about the story. And do I want it as slow and as much of a crawl as, in my opinion, as Last Jedi? No, but it was... It, at least The Last Jedi had a story that was uniform and fleshed out from start to finish. Um, e- even to a certain extent, Force Awakens had a very rushed story. So I guess the whole sequel trilogy, I'm like questioning, uh, <laughs> which is definitely not super cohesive, right? No, as, as man. a whole body of work. No, and and you know that's the thing. And so now I'm coming across as Trevor Al script. And I've already had this 10-minute dialogue on the show today. You guys are just letting me spew. Yeah. So, like, thank yeah. you. But um, at the same token, like, I didn't trust this leak. Leaks, 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 leaks. Star Wars leaks. I don't trust leaks. But now that I've verified it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this thing. And I'm going to read it like it could have actually happened. Um, and, Kyle, you asked before the show our initial reaction. I'm going to just say it again. I wish this was the movie we were given or some yeah. form of this film. Yeah. And... Uh, I kind of want to know, Josh, you haven't really said anything even pre-show about this. What was your initial reaction to reading this? Well, I was saving it for the show. <laughs> here we are, baby. So here we are. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. I don't think it's without its issues. And I think sure, I'm, sure. I'm sure the actual sweet spot is some amalgamation of Rise of Skywalker and uh, what is this? Duel of the Fates? Is that what, they're, mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, so. But definitely, I I um I think that there are a lot of things in this movie that I really like um, that I wish would have been present in Rise of Skywalker for sure. Yeah. By this movie, you mean the the Trevor script? Yes, correct. Sorry. And and Kyle, what was I know I know that you you talked pre-show, but tell our listeners what your initial reaction was. I ah man, I thought it was so good, and I'm on. Tons of record as not being in love with the rise of Skywalker at very least. And this made me even a little more sad for the movie we did get because it, it really hit on some of the stuff that I wanted, which I know is my personal opinion, but it, oh man, there was some great, great moments in this that I'm really, really sad didn't actually happen. Yeah. And, and so what we're going to do just so everyone is listening, if you, if you guys haven't read this, Basically, what we did is we pulled it right off of Reddit. We pulled the the synopsis from Reddit, and we're just going to go through the script as was presented on Reddit. And we're going to kind of just do a live reaction to this. But before we do that, Josh, I'm I'm with you. I think some type of blend of those two stories would have would have definitely hit a sweet spot. I know initially my biggest qualm now after reading this. If I were to go back and fix The Rise of Skywalker, I don't know if I've even talked about this on one of our shows, but I definitely have been thinking about it a lot lately. They they could have gone one of two directions with the main villain. You could have made Kylo Ren, Ben Solo the main villain, or you had to introduce someone else because Ryan Johnson killed off Snoke, okay? So if they introduce Emperor Palpatine, okay, cool. 
did I think that they did they execute that properly in Rise of Skywalker? Absolutely not. They shit the bed when it comes to the exposition of of where how he came back. What what really eats at me is the somehow Palpatine return line. Like that is just a weird like, dude. Why couldn't you explain? How he came back. Do you know how how much you would have given a treat to those expanded universe fans who have been waiting ages to see a clone emperor or some type of give us some type of backstory on that? I mean, I hate being the guy that says, give me everything. But that is it just happened. He just came back. And it's like, what? What? And you could have done so much if you just didn't go the Emperor route. You could have done so much with Kylo Ren, Ben Solo as your main villain. And they just, they didn't, I don't know. I just don't, I think that's probably my biggest gripe with the Rise of Skywalker. Now weeks removed. They just dropped the ball on the main villain. I'm going to half agree with you. I think they really dropped the ball on he, here he is and just accept it. You know, I, 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 I felt insulted basically by that, but um, I don't hate the idea of Palpatine being the master manipulator behind this no, whole no. thing as a way to kind of put a, a bookend on it or or pull it all together thematically or however you want to say that. And um, in I don't want to put the cart before the bull, but it, towards the end of this script we're going to go through, they talk about Kylo meeting up with Torvalum. And right, I think right. if, you, if you basically just substitute that for Palpatine or have Palpatine... Uh, facilitate that or, or or put him in that role somehow there i think there's a way to make that work that could have kind of brought both of these ideas together in like a really in a much more satisfying way you well know? they were you know they were setting they were setting the plate for that scenario to happen kyle the 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 story group right and we talked recently about the story story group just being so disjointed from the actual film it's like what the hell are they doing they were setting that up in operation cinder where they had all the sentinels they had all the emperor's knowledge inside of these computerized you know um androids or automatons it's like why couldn't the emperor teach torvalum or teach why couldn't snoke be the mentor or not the mentor but the apprentice to the emperor you know um whatever yeah you could have definitely figured out a way to have the emperor's legacy live on um, if you didn't want to go the clone route or if you didn't want to go the 120-year-old corpse on a robot arm route. Like, that's totally unexpected, Which is right? a way to go. So, <laughs> you know what's crazy? Someone actually did a... Uh, <laughs> I guess when em- the emperor had to be over 80 years old or something to have his child so that it would work in the time frame so that Ray was born. So he was like in his 80s getting busy. Yeah, um, super gross. With- Given With Earl someone Palpatine who's still life. young enough to have babies, you know, like put the whole thing in context if we're going to do it. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's the emperor of the galaxy. I'm sure yep. there was a yep. legion I'm of sure. Sith followers, Sith acolytes ready to go. Um, I'm sure everybody involved was really happy. Right, right. So, you know, another side note, when I wrote Earl Palpatine, I, I instantly had the picture of the, whoever the that Earl actor of Palpatine, was. you mean? The, <laughs> the actor from uh, Rise of Skywalker, his little, like his, he almost looked like a young Owen Lars, you know, he looked like, uh, yeah, you know, he did. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's totally Earl Palpatine. So I don't know if he was credited in the film with a name, but that's got to be his name, dude. So that's Steve, right? Wasn't it Steve Palpatine? Steve Palpatine. (laughs) Right. Like, dude, how hard is it to find, you know, like the one gripe I had, and this is, of course, just nitpicking. Dude, if your name is Anakin Skywalker, 
and then you turn into Darth Vader and you have twins, but one of your twins keeps Luke, the name Skywalker. Luke, yeah. It's like, how can you not look in the galactic yellow pages and be like, oh yeah, like this kid living with people I know on Tatooine, he goes by the last name Skywalker. How many Skywalker, is that like a common name? It's, like it's, Smith? It's like or? Smith there. Yeah, it's their, it's their Patel or Smith or whatever. Every, right. Johnson. It's just very, very common. I always wondered about that. I'm like, what the hell? Do you do? Anyway, all right, we're getting off track, getting off the rails here. All right, let's dive into it, guys. So this Colin Trevorrow treatment was written, apparently it was delivered a week before Carrie Fisher's death. That's what we get from these notes. Uh, everything we're about to read is directly from these notes on Reddit. Um, I don't know much about Reddit, so I don't know who to credit this to. I don't know who posted it. I don't know how Reddit works. Posted by you, Udar55. I don't yeah, even you know. Means how- it, that's a user. That's a username. Oh. So I, I guess it was <laughs> posted by Udar55. Udar55. All right, you guys are learning a lot about my technological prowess here, y'all. So, anyways, let's dive into this. Thanks, Kyle. Um, I, I gotta say, I don't know why the. Um, and I thought about this for the whole thing, but I don't know why a week before Carrie's death is relevant in any way. It, uh, I, d- well, I guess just I, I, for so I think context, I have a but. I have an idea about it. Um, it's that because um, if when she passed, it might have also made Disney frightened that they couldn't pull off what he had written in this script. Oh, right? They needed her too much for this or something like that. Yeah. Because behind the scenes, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the feeling was that the force awakens was Han Solo's movie. Last Jedi was Luke's movie. And this was going to be Leia's movie, right? Like that was at least what the feeling was going to happen. Um, so with her passing, it, I think it might've totally derailed this script. Now, I don't think that, Leia has a major part in this movie, probably has about the same amount as uh, in The Rise of Skywalker, but who knows what the dialogue looks like. All we're getting is bullet points here. So, yeah. um, okay. All right, let's, let's go. Let's on got with a, the, with got the a lot to talk about here. So um, the title of this film, Star Wars, Episode Nine, Duel of the Fates. Okay, cool. Now we get the, the fanfare and... The crawl, the yellow crawl. Here it goes. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. It's uh, it's okay, it's okay. It's predictable crawl. It seems a little short, almost. But, a little short. Um, but the uh, can you do that one more time in the Tom Kane uh, Clone <laughs> no, Wars? No, I cannot like, do Tom Kane. The Galactic Republic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I could. Uh, he would be. No, he needs to read all the crawls, man. He's the best. Um, but no, I mean, here it is. First Order's bad. The Resistance needs Noted. to battle yeah. the First Order. <laughs> Okay. There you go. Okay. Cut and dry. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. So here we are. All right. Now that now the movie starts, opens up that I don't know how you guys say this because there's no good pronunciation, but Kuat. Um, Kuat. Yeah. I, I mean, like that. I was going to say, yeah, okay, that's cool. Say. <laughs> so here it goes. The movie opens at the Kuat shipyards, which is a referenced expanded universe um, shipyard. They talk about it a lot. They build a lot of uh, uh, ships and, and star destroyers there. And it's, it's a basically man on a- like the Detroit. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, good, good. Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's like the Detroit. Yeah, um, but it's a man on a mission style. Okay, so it's like probably the opening of Solo. It's probably the opening of Solo, right? Where they hot rods a car or whatever. Now here it is. First two characters, BB-8 and Rose Tico, allegedly a key character in the script, are infiltrating the Kuat moon where the First Order build their ships, where the workers are oppressed. There's an orbital ring and moon below it. Finn and Poe are there. No R2 or 3PO. Ray arrives. Do you guys feel like you're in a good setting? Yeah, sure. All right. Simple enough. Can you, can you picture the orbital moon or the o- orbital ring and the moon below it? I can. It- it sounded sort of like um, like the Halo video games, like a big. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was picturing, and I was picturing at night. Ring, yeah. It, we're at night, and you know, we got our we got our team here. We got our last Jedi team minus. Um, oh no, Ray arrives. Never mind. So Ray arrives right at the end. Okay, all right, we got the team here. Now the plan: send explosives into the power shaft that delivers raw ore into the ring. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, we're going to go Death blow Star. Up. Why yeah. not? Yeah. We're going to blow up the Death Star. The first thing I thought it was Death Star 2, Return of the Jedi. All right, now here it goes. Of course, the plan goes wrong. Now, this this synopsis references someone named RBM. That's that Robert Meyer Burnett, I'm guessing, even though they write RBM. That's who I'm guessing. I don't know what this means because I didn't watch the video. Now, the plan goes wrong. The First Order is able to contain the blast. Admiral Vaughn says the resistance tactics are pitiful. Okay, cool. Yeah. And Admiral Vaughn. He loves the dialogue at this moment. I don't know what dialogue we're not reading, but I was curious about that. Yeah. So nothing crazy there. Now here's what, here's what's really weird to me. Ray on the, in the next, the next bullet point here, Ray disguised as a Tuscan Raider is revealed to have created her own weapon, a double blade lightsaber hybrid of her staff and Luke's cracked saber. Now. Awesome. Cool. We Mm. get a, Ray with a dual blade lightsaber, dude. What? I love it. Um, I love the fact that it's uh, it's also got Luke's saber in there. But why in the hell are they on the Kuat shipyards and she's disguised as a Tuscan Raider? Can someone explain that to me? I don't know why, because I'm not familiar with these shipyards. I've never read about them before. But um, I don't know why a Tuscan Raider specifically would be there. But I do like the idea of her dressing up as one because I remember in The Force Awakens when we first, first saw her and she had that mask and those goggles. And yeah, it yeah. did remind me of that. And I, I I also think people disguising themselves to infiltrate the enemy's base is just is one of those Star Wars things that you yeah. see over and over and over and over again. So that'd be, you know, I like that little, some of those repeated themes. Yeah, and did we didn't get that in uh, Rise of Skywalker. We didn't get the Finn in the Imperial outfit, the Finn and Rose in the Imperial outfits. I can't think of anyone in disguise. I don't think there was. No, you're right, because you got Luke and Han in the original, you know, as stormtroopers. You know, that's still one of my favorite scenes in, in any Star Wars film. And that, But the Tusken Raider thing is really friggin' weird, because that is a, as far that's as I specific, know, right? v- oddly specific to Tatooine. And- are they anywhere else? Yeah, I've never seen them. They're semi-primitive, right? Do they get off-world? Who knows? I, I So if you read the Kenobi novelization, they don't go off-world. I can't think of a, another single reference anywhere in graphic novels or any other expanded universe where Tusken Raider is outside of Tatooine. So maybe it's just like... She was hey, just I wearing got, a disguise. Yeah, I, I got know. this weird disguise. I think in Mandalorian, don't they like say that they're indigenous? Like literally say that they're the yeah they're the indigenous people they think they're the 
Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, maybe maybe they have evolved in 30 years and now they want to steal ships. So who knows? Probably not. Probably could have explained it somehow. Maybe this is the reason why Disney pulled the plug on this script. That one little detail just wasn't cutting it. So no. Uh, So here we are. So they're in the shipyards. They have a plan to blow up the ring to, I guess, disable the shipyard. Ray's in a disguise. She's got a kick-ass lightsaber and the plan doesn't go as as they wanted it to. Um, so the first order, they battle Finn or they battle Poe, Finn, Rose, Ray, the whole gang, BB-8, and they steal an, an Eclipse class Star Destroyer and they escape. So awesome, awesome. So we have our we have our core team, our heroes, and they figure out a way to steal a Star Destroyer. This and is I the think- opening of the movie, guys. This is the first act of the movie. They're stealing a Star Destroyer. This is awesome. I think it's a cool, like, there's a fine line between fan service and then, like, repeating some of those Star Wars things that get repeated. And it's like, you know, we have the Death Star 1, and then we have the Death Star 2, which is bigger, and we have Star Killer Base, which is just a bigger Death Star, you know? Right. And then we, they steal the Imperial Transport um in jedi and then this time they steal a star destroyer and i think that's a cool like upgrade of we're just taking the enemy's stuff you know right well this also harkens back to a lot of my predictions um was it's it's actually a dark empire um this is something that happened in the Dark Empire graphic novel. Okay, so basically, Lando Calrissian and Wedge Antilles—they are piloting a stolen Star Destroyer that they they basically acclimated into the Rebel fleet. But this is done in a different way. You actually get to see them steal it, which would be such a fun scene. Mm-hmm. And it plays out in my mind how you know Poe, Finn, Rose, Ray, and BB-8 steal a Star Destroyer. I can already picture it in my head, and I'm like, yes, I want to see this. Well, and I can see Ray and Finn or Ray and Poe arguing over who's going to pilot it. <laughs> right, it could right. Be a fun thing. Yeah, it it made me think of um, Talon Card and his red mm. Star Destroyer. Yes, thank you, thank you. I was at, you know it's weird. I was thinking about Talon Card today. Had a really weird like I was brushing my teeth and I was thinking, wait, I was thinking about the you know obviously a lot of the talent card stuff but um that's funny that you brought him up today but yeah totally totally reminds me of that now um so this would have been a fun opening fun first yeah. act you think about every star wars film and those those first scenes in every star wars film is action packed create you know there's always something that sets the tone for the movie um and this would have been it we have our heroes on a heist and they and they steal one of the biggest things in the galaxy okay all right now the knife 9 a ship containing the Knights of Ren arrives at at uh oh my god, I'm gonna Kuat. say this wrong. See, that's Kuat. the thing. You get it in your head, you're gonna say it wrong. Kuat, that so where the, the heroes just were, and a Tasco Ren, who we're presuming is a name of one of the knights, kills Admiral Vaughn for his failure. I still think the Knights of Ren suck in this script. I don't think that the any script is gonna fix the Knights of Ren. I just think that they the the ball got dropped too hard after Force Awakens. I mean, to see one of them actually have a name and kill somebody would be more than we ever got out of any of them. We have know? a we have a name for a Knight of Ren from the Rise of Skywalker, and it's one of the worst names ever. T it's it's spelled T R U D G E N Trudgeon. I'm yeah, reading right. the Rise of Skywalker comics right now, which are terrible, they, by the way, or uh, the Rise of the Rise of Kylo Ren, or whatever the hell it is. 
they're awful comics. I've already texted you guys about yeah. it. They got Snoke in like the Irish cabbie hat. They got, uh, I mean, these Knights He's of Ren. He's a newspaper sales boy. <laughs> they're, they're bad books. Extra, extra. They are, they are bad, bad books. But uh, yeah, Trudgeon is the name of a, a yeah. canon Knight of Ren. Oh, so, how about that? But here we are. So the Knife Nine, cool, whatever. It's a ship with the Knights of Ren. They kill Admiral Vaughn because he let them escape with the Star Destroyer. Okay, whatever. All right. Cool. All right. Now here is we got some we got some meat right here. We this got some meat. I really liked. Yeah. So after we got this murder of uh the Admiral's failure, they're gonna cut to Coruscant. Boom! We're back, yeah. baby. We're back in a vibrant planet that we know. Uh well here it is. Actually, I just I don't know why I said vibrant <laughs> planet because it's no longer a vibrant you planet. It. <laughs> yeah, uh, the new structures are built atop the Art Deco structure of the Old Republic. Occupied by the First Order now, they have a citadel palace there. Citizens are scavengers now. Hux is now Chancellor Hux and is addressing Bisk Kova, a traitor who helped the Resistance steal the Star Destroyer. Kova is executed with a light blade guillotine. Okay, I love it. Everything yeah, I think this. this could have been so cool. I, we've never seen, we've kind of seen uh, places that have been so-called ravaged by the Empire or whatever, but we've never seen a place that we n- have known to be like a bustling metropolis that right. has then fallen in, into disarray, which I think could have been a really cool thing. I think it would have looked beautiful. And um, I don't, once again, I don't like the leaks, but... Swank, Jason Swank sent me a link to a bunch of leaked images from the art of Rise of Skywalker book that's coming out sometime. Yeah, they definitely developed this scene. They definitely developed the look of a dilapidated Coruscant. So, um, and the reason why I can say that with certainty, because I know the artists that actually do that had, had, had done that art for the book. So, um, this was definitely, this is real. This is a real scene that they were plotting out in, uh, at least the concept stages. So it would have been absolutely gorgeous in my opinion. But one thing that stood out to me was chancellor Hux. Um, I, you guys know about my, my, um, issues, how they turned him into a comic foil in the last Jedi. I think that this could have brought him back in a way to, to, really use Domino Gleason's acting ability and turn him back into that dictator style leader. Not maybe not necessarily a military leader, but he's some type of leader authority figure, a villain, you know, another villain. Um, this would have been a good way to do it rather than have him play second fiddle to grand Admiral pride or what allegiant Admiral pride or whatever, just insert new character here. Um, but yeah, they, they kind of, they made him weak in rise of Skywalker. And I was like, dude, this guy was the leader of the first order. What are you doing? Well, not only that, he was he was literally born into it because his dad right. was mm-hmm. one of the people that was you know went off to the unknown regions to get it started. Like his right. legacy. Well, he don't forget he he was born, so he was actually alive when the empire crumbled, and he was actually uh, like yeah his yeah he went along with his family, but he he lived man like he was he was part of that. So and he just got a very unceremonious death. And that's another mm. qualm that I have about the story group just not linking with the cinematic universe. So anyways, here we go. Hux and Commander Tom Selleck. Uh, it doesn't say Tom Selleck, but it's definitely Commander Selleck. <laughs> I was going to ask you if T- Commander Selleck has a mustache or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I thought about. So uh, Hux and Commander Selleck have a meeting with several alien warlords and owed to a New Hope Imperial Council scene. First Order has allies. They are aware that of Ray being the last Jedi, 
The council wants to know where is Kylo Ren? He is missing. Hux only knows he has gone searching for something of great power. Now, they they reference the New Hope Imperial Council scene. What I thought of was the bounty hunter scene in Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, that would have been a kick-ass way to bring in these alien warlords. It would have been a cool scene. I once again, this is it's this is so visual to me in my brain right now. And I could see it and I'm like, I'm loving every every moment of this. And then they set up the mystery to carry you the rest of the movie. Where's Kylo Ren? I love it, dude. Mystery. We have a mystery now. I the only thing, my only um that's not an issue, but I, I, I really always used to like how in the expanded universe, they never really addressed it in the actual films, but in the expanded universe, the Empire was always like anti alien, like like yes. humans only, yes. like kind of like they kind were they were literally space Nazis. Yes. Um and it, it made them better villains in my in my view so to see them like working with aliens i feel like would be weird i mean i know it's not the empire but it's it's born out of the empire so right yeah i when i read this i thought of it um because it says they're they're warlords or something right mm-hmm. um meaning when, yeah so i i thought of it like they're kind of having to outsource for for help because they don't have the numbers that the empire did, you know? Right. So, right. So they're like basically hiring mercenaries essentially. And that's who they're having this war meeting with, you know, um, yeah. more than like, you know, they probably still hate them, but they're bad yeah. guys. You know, I, I don't know. That's just what I was thinking. No, I, I agree. And, and the other thing is the resistance is uh, scattered. The resistance is hard to find because there's not many of them. So maybe they need to utilize those resources. And there's probably some treachery, some like double handedness going mm-hmm. on where, oh, yeah, you help me and then we'll take care of you. But in reality, they'll just go crush their planet, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kinda that, like kind of like when Lando was working for the Empire, but not, not yeah, really right, like getting right. anything that he wanted. Right. Exactly. So um, but anyways, I. I could see this scene happening. So, all right, Kylo Ren's gone. Okay, cool. We have a mystery for the rest of the film. First, the Resistance stole the Star Destroyer. Now the the First Order, they can't find Kylo Ren. So, of course, we're going to cut to Mustafar. Yeah, baby. Kylo Ren is alone, except for a Darth Maul-esque droid, which I'm assuming is a spider leg droid. Yeah, I want to know what that looks like. I guarantee that's it's probably the spider mall. Um, it has to be because that's just a weird thing if it, it wasn't. Um, he has stubble, indicating the search has been for a long time. This is just written weird. Ren is being haunted by Luke's force ghost. Yes! Yes! This is what I wanted in this movie. I wanted a conflicted villain being haunted by Luke Skywalker. This was an awesome. This would have linked The Last Jedi up perfectly. With this film, to have Luke Zero Skywalker's kids. Force Ghost, oh, mm-hmm. oh yep. I think this, this is where I died reading this. I think I died reading this script at this moment. I go, that is, I got goosebumps talking about it right now with you guys. This was the perfect setup. Honestly, out of everything on this list, now I might be reminded of something later. I think that this interaction is one of the major, like, the things I'm most upset about that's in this script that didn't happen in Rise of Skywalker. Right. But the other thing, this was, I didn't realize it at first because we didn't realize what it was, but after I found out that that tiny little scene in the forest was Mustafar, yeah. mm-hmm. and and that's so I'm like, 
they put Mustafar in there, but we didn't see Vader's castle or the Force Nexus underneath it or anything. Like, why even have it be Mustafar then? See what it I'm basically saying? wasn't. They just right. put the name on it. You know, it, it was just a planet. It's so See. silly. And the fact that he was killing Sith acolytes on Mustafar to get the relic is just like another notch of of brutality. But you're right, dude. Like, it's just another completely failed opportunity. Anyways, all right. So he's being haunted by Luke's Force Ghost. So Ghost Luke, this is his dialogue and, and we, here. We could have gotten so much great like Luke waxing poetic about the force and the nature of it and redemption. And I, I know we just missed classic star Wars dialogue um, that never happened with right. this force ghost of Luke trying to, you know, reason with a, a conflicted Kylo Ren. Well, not only that Mark Hamill and Adam driver. Oh just, man. Can you imagine those scenes? I mean, yeah. get the dude, get the f out of here. I know we're a PG rated podcast, but uh, anyway, so here it goes. Luke force Luke to Kylo Ren. This is where the dark path leads. An empty tomb. Kylo responds, "Where did your path lead?" Luke is trying to convince him to go back to Leia. Kylo, I'm going to be more powerful than any Jedi, even you. So then, in Vader's temple, Kylo finds a Sith holocron, which reveals a hologram of Palpatine. The recording is for Darth Vader. Palpatine has a contingency plan for Vader if Luke kills him. Vader is to take Luke to the Remnicor system to see Tor Valum, Master of Sith, Palpatine's teacher. After scanning Kylo, the holocron explodes and releases red lightning, which burns Kylo, who screams. This scene is right out of Expanded Universe. I love it. I'm re- I'm rereading the Darth Bane books right now. This is right out of the Darth Bane books. Okay, the holocrons, as we know, contains no- contain knowledge from you know um, ancient Jedi or ancient Sith. And can you imagine this scene? This scene totally lives in, in my brain. Um, so I love everything about it. Um, you know. I, I will say one missed opportunity that it exists in the movie we got and the movie we didn't, but also in the movie we didn't get. And what even I feel like is even more glaring is the lack of an Anakin Force ghost. Mm. You're literally on yeah. Vader's, in Vader's castle, like, and you're a Vader fanboy. Why right. wouldn't his force ghost appear to him? It's his, you know, like it's it makes yeah. complete sense. Now I realize that that's probably because this is before, you know, Hayden was kind of like pulled back in. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't really know. We just assume from the him doing celebration and having, you know, positive responses and stuff. But yeah, I just I yeah, read that and I was like, oh, why not Anakin stuff, in here but... somewhere? Yeah, well, because well, they're doing the whole. Uh, I'm getting injured, and then you haven't quite read it yet, but they're going to say they they smelt Mandalorian armor to his face, so he's becoming, you know, part machine. It's a very, I mean, it's an obvious allusion to Vader and to not have Vader turn or or Vader speak to him, you know, Palpatine manipulating, you know, trying to keep him on the dark side. Something there, you know, wait, while wait, he's wait, on, so, there should have been something there. So you guys are saying that uh, a, a Sith 
Ghost should have had a connection with Kylo Ren, or because you guys don't like the holocron thing? Because I love the holocron thing. Oh no, no, no! No, I, I like think the holocron. Both just saying the fact that he was on Mustafar and he was at Vader's castle, and yeah, no version of Anakin Skywalker turned up to talk to him is a, kind of a missed opportunity, right? Or at any point, because there's there's some other stuff down later on. Mm, that yeah. I, I should have bought a Vader after we got through all the Vader points. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Yeah. So, so we have this awesome scene. We have this awesome scene where he gets burned by the Red Sith lightning, which would have been incredible to see. Um, the fact that Palpatine's in the film. Okay, cool. There's your fan service moment, right? Like, oh, we put Palpatine in the movie to satisfy all the old school fans, myself included. Um, but um, they did it in a way that I thought was respectful and proper. Probably only in the film for 20, 30 seconds. That's all you need. That's all you mm-hmm. need to tie it all back together. All right. Next scene. We're going to cut to the resistance base on Core Aloft, which we assume is a planet. Leia is introduced as she feels what's happening to Ben. So she feels that that red lightning that struck out at Ben and, and probably, you know, all his conflicted emotions that she feels in the Rise of Skywalker. But we're, we're seeing that on screen. Then... Chewbacca and Lieutenant Connix tell Leia that the Kuat team is back. So our heroes are back with the Star Destroyer. They're shocked to see a Star Destroyer, which is landed onto the planet. There's a funny moment with Rey using her mind trick on First Order officers who were still on the ship. So I can, Star Wars has a lot of good humor. Mm -hmm. I can totally, I mean, she used the mind trick in Rise of Skywalker and it was funny. Um, So I can imagine that that was also funny. She did it in Force Awakens too. That's right. That's right. So yeah, that's probably probably an awesome scene probably you know i'm imagining the planet that we got in uh in rise of skywalker for this whole scene that's where my brain goes jungle planet of course it's star wars all right so then have have we seen a giant star destroyer land on a planet before that's something i thought would be kind of cool to see no we've just seen the the floating star destroyer over Jeddah. yeah and um obviously in video games they're they're a little bit more liberal with the star destroyers in atmosphere um in video games um well, we had the Star Destroyers rise out of the ice in Exegol, um, and people still can't wrap their brains around the fact that they're in atmosphere, and that's why they were they were able to ride horses on it. Um, that's the problem. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> it, yeah. it is it is weird though thinking about because they don't they don't normally go in atmosphere because like they so the Kuat drive yards are. Um, Shipyards are literally in orbital rings. Orbital, so they're yeah. building them out, you know, like out right. know, in, in orbit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, all right. So, so now that, we got that this. would be cool then, right? That, like, see it landing on the awesome. planet. Why not? Be incredible. So, all right. So, we got the Star Destroyer landing at the Resistance Base. Ray confides in Finn that she doesn't feel like she has what it takes to be a Jedi and can't live up to everyone's expectations. Finn asks her if she still senses Kylo. Ray confesses she's been having nightmares. Finn asks if it's Kylo. Ray says she can't explain their connection. Finn says to Ray, you have to shut him out. He can't change. It's too late. Ray says to Finn, it's never too late to change. You taught me that, Finn. So this is great dialogue. This is this is a scene that it makes sense in the in the force connection, the force bond that we got in the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets the the tone that he's haunting her and that she is having these, you know, these nightmarish visions. Okay, we have good versus evil. We still it's have a connection. It's also setting up a plot point that's coming up later in this script too. Exactly. Uh, with their connection. 
So, so it just it it brings those threads along, and I think a very intelligent way. So here we Typical go. Typical thirsty Finn, too. Always. <laughs> Still <laughs> Team Finn Ray over here. Regardless, uh, I'll send you guys my fan art a little bit later. So, all right. The Resistance realizes that the Star Destroyer still has most of its weapons, the tanks, Tie Fighters, etc. The only missing piece is an army to use it. Okay, cool. So they have all these resources, uh, but they don't have the people. So. We cut back to Ray. Ray is researching the Jedi text from Octo. Discovers that under the Coruscant Jedi Temple, there is a communication system called a Force Beacon from the Old Republic that can send a signal to 50 planets. They plan on using it to get allies. First Order can't stop it since it predates Imperial tech. Ray, hope is all we have left. Once again, yes, yes, a device. This is a way better device sense. for bringing the people together. And they could have. Now I'm starting to think about how frustrated I am with the fact that Lando literally walked out the door and found 4,000 ships in like a matter of minutes. And it's just like, we did it (laughs) somehow. So this force beacon from the old Republic also giving homage to the old Republic. Yes. Yes. Temple. My yes. You're pulling in all these elements from all the star Wars universe, man. And, ah, it's just, it's so beautiful to me. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so we get this force beacon and, and that's how they get their allies back. Okay, cool. I love it. I love the whole concept of it. All right. Now Ray is doing her training. Um, now force ghost Luke appears as Ray trains. Luke is pushing Ray to get stronger in the force while he's pushing Kylo to let Ben out of the Kylo grip, the Sith grip or whatever makes sense. That's what I thought Luke was going to do in this movie. Uh, I thought Luke was going to appear as a mentor to Ray and appear as a kind of a, both of them. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so that's kind of, that makes sense to me. Um, all right. So then we have Kylo who last we saw Kylo, he got exploded by the Sith lightning. He makes his way back to Coruscant where we know the first order is set up. His face is damaged. And Mandalorian armor, a.k.a. Beskar, is smelted and is applied to his face. He confronts Hux and belittles him, saying that he doesn't need titles, which, okay, whatever. That So we basically just get the face repair scene, but we get it with Beskar. Okay, any... any uh, it's a cool, like, you know, like I, I said earlier, it's the same thing that happened to Vader. You know, he fell to the dark side, he was... On Mustafar, he got burned up, yeah. and they they replaced him with metal machine parts. And you know, this is the same thing. He was on Mustafar. He's trying to be a stronger Sith, get more knowledge in the ways of the dark side, or whatever. Yeah. And of course, it com- comes back to bite him, and it burns him up. And they have to, you know, make him part machine to fix him. And I think it's kind of a cool homage to that. I think it also would have fit in very well with the Mandalorian TV show, how they showed the mm-hmm. force healing in Mandalorian. And then they showed the force healing in rise of Skywalker. It would have been really nice touch to put Beskar in the rise or uh, duel of the fates, um, mm-hmm. with the Mandalorian show, but how heavy would his head have been? My God, load him <laughs> up with Beskar in his skull. My God, his <laughs> neck muscles have to be, uh, it's more, it's more like solder than plate armor. I'm sure. <laughs> Right, right. They're just injecting him like Botox. It's just, it's just Beskar. Um, so, all right. So we got a, we got a, we got a Kylo Ren who's now turning into a machine. Now, what was what visually in my brain, 
He got rid of his mask in The Last Jedi. He didn't have to bring his mask back, which didn't serve a purpose at all in The Rise of Skywalker. However, I love the Kylo Ren mask, but it just didn't serve a purpose. Now, you can have like a partially masked Kylo Ren with this Beskar in uh, in Duel of the Fates. So I love it. It's, it's, half, it's a blend of both because uh, the Kylo Ren mask is one of my favorite Star Wars masks of all time. But to have like – I'd like the blend. I like the blend. I don't think they should have went full helmet. They should have went dark helmet from Spaceballs, but they went, they should have done the half helmet like they like they laid out here. So all right, now we're cutting scene again. Now Ray goes to Luke as they train. Balance the dark suffocates the light. Light extinguishes the dark over and over and over again. How is that balance in the Force? Luke to Ray. I know that anger. My father had it too. Ray to Luke. So says my master and his master before him. A thousand masters so eager to tell us how to live. The rest of the exchange between Ray and Luke is basically Ray trying to back away from being a Jedi. She admits that she is no one. Luke is trying to convince her. He's saying the Force is speaking to her. Now we cut back to Kylo. Kylo. Kylo and Hux continue to snipe at each other. Kylo says he's leaving again, but not before telling Hux the power he discovered will make destroying planets insignificant. Kylo's last order to Hux, find the resistance, wipe them out, leave the girl to me. So they are repeating literally everything in the first, the prior two movies. Find the girl, find the girl, find the girl. But what, what I pulled out of there was what he told Hux. What he found will make destroying planets insignificant. That's powerful stuff. Well, the power to destroy a planet is insignificant compared to the force. We all know that. That's Um, right. And you kind of breezed over it a little bit, but the whole exchange between, and I'm going to be a broken record because I said this to you guys before we recorded, but the whole exchange between Ray and Luke about the balance, the dark suffocates the light, the light extinguishes the dark, and how basically the Jedi had it wrong. um, And... If being if being committed to the dark side a hundred percent no matter what is bad, then committed to the light side a hundred percent no matter what has to be bad too, because you know the opposite opposites don't balance. You know, it's it's still wrong in the other direction. And I think her having that debate with him and having the like, well, we've got to find a new, a better way, because balance means the middle, not any extreme. Um, and kind of that's sort of what I felt like those first two movies were leading up to. And that could have been a great, like new way of looking at the force and, and a future order of force wielders that had good in mind, but you know, a better sense of balance than maybe the Jedi did that ultimately brought around their down, downfall. And I, I now I could go on and on and on for yeah. hours about this, but I, it is so great. Even these like six lines of dialogue here. Yeah. I know would have been even better um, on screen. And I, I, I don't know if I'll ever a hundred percent get over the fact that we didn't get that. <laughs> I dude, you're spot on. You're spot on because my, you know, one of my predictions was that we weren't going to have that Jedi order. It was going to just be something new the the Skywalkers, right? Which was what, gonna, a new, what a great way to end those nine movies and start set for the future yeah. in a new in a new interesting way but, but it also in a way for me cuz one of my gripes with the last jedi was kylo ren telling ray that she's nobody she's from nowhere sure her parents were drunks right like we then that was something that bothered me because 
I wanted her to have that legacy, that bloodline. And with this scene here with Luke and Ray, and and Ray is convinced that she's no one. And Luke is is talking to her now about this, like versus like, who are you, Ray on Octo? This is weird, and I'm not actually going to have some some real dialogue with you. Now he's actually trying to work with her and establish who she is, but she's coming to grips with the fact that she is no one. I think if they repeated that theme in in this movie, it would have been it would have well, been and, solid. And they hammered it home with the point that the Force chose you, exactly. which is like I'm no one, and he says. Okay, so the force chose you, and that's right. all that matters. Just like Anakin, just like ex- Anakin, exactly right. And I, man, that's so. You see, see where I'm coming yeah. around, Kyle. See how yeah. I can be. I'm not. I'm not an a hole. I uh, yeah. <laughs> I can definitely be. Uh, you just got to be open minded, and you got to read. And this is this is coming. This is coming real crazy with me right now. All right, so we got the Kylo scene, talks to Hux, find the resistance, wipe them out, leave the girl to me. Okay, repeating the themes of Force Awakens and Last Jedi. So nothing crazy new there. All right, now we're going to team, what we're what they're calling Team A, which is Rose and Finn, R2 and 3PO. Weird combo, but I like it. Um, I'm not a fan of Rose still to this day. Probably will never be a fan of Rose Tico. I might have been a fan of Rose Tico after this movie, Duel of Fates, came out. But regardless... Rose there's, Finn, there's R2. just not a ton to be a fan of, right? You know, but. she's a mechanic and was put in a situation way over her head, but um, whatever. Maybe this movie would have fixed it for me. So, <laughs> I would have. I became a fan of the character just because I loved the actress. So, yeah, I love the actress, but the character. No, I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying you oh, don't. Yeah, but yeah, it helped no, me but, get past. Yeah, the, no, I feel you. Well, I I think at least. It, having Rose and Finn together it gives a reason to, you know, they, they did spend time together in the second it's movie. Continuity. They it's had continuity. that kiss at the end. And then at least now we're seeing them spending time having whatever type of relationship they're going to have, whether it's right. romantic or, or friendly or whatever. Um, but even adversarial, who knows, but right. it's um, at least there is a reason for her. Right. Right. And and true, true. So it, it's that continuity. They they had the on screen. I didn't think their chemistry was very good, but that's a whole different thing. Um, all right. So we got Rose, Finn, R2, 3PO. They're going to Coruscant to go light that old Republic beacon to send out the signal to their allies. Then we have Team B. This is where all the chemistry is, actually. This is where, the team. The, this team here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ray, Poe, and Chewbacca, which is great. Yeah, now, that's the one I want to see. I will tell you that the heroes we got in Rise of Skywalker with the three PO, that's great. I'm never gonna mm-hmm. like I love the chemistry between all those actors. Um, but team B, we have Ray, Poe, and Chewbacca, and they're going to a planet to find someone to help Ray figure out what she needs to do. Um <laughs> and the side note Obviously, in these notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The side note is yes, this description is very vague. All right, so cool. Um now we're gonna go see another character, Kylo. Kylo is, after screaming at Hawks and saying, go get the girl, he's going on his own journey. He's going to a Sith planet, the Remnicor. And before he leaves Coruscant, he takes Vader's mask and says, he understands Vader now. He says, you allowed love to cloud your judgment. And he throws Vader's mask off a balcony and it shatters. Beautiful, beautiful scene. I have a, I have a quick, well, before I ask my question, um, the you allowed love to cloud your judgment, that is... Oh man, that's a great line because great line. Great if we're line. talking the story of Anakin Skywalker, that is 
That's his story. It clouded his judgment. It made him fall to the dark side. And then it also kind of cleared his vision and helped him return to the light. And man, what a, if he's not going to show up in the force ghost or, or a vision or something, at, at least this line of dialogue really brings the Skywalker saga, the story of Darth Vader, right? Kind of full circle to a conclusion. I really love that. Um, but is the Remnicor something I should know about? I feel like I've never heard that before. I've never heard of it before. And um, I don't even, I didn't even Google it, uh, but it doesn't sound like anything either. familiar. It sounds like a cool name, but I've never, I've never heard it. It does sound like a cool name. Josh, do you have any insight on that at all as a fellow Expanded Universe? Uh, no, I thought it was just a, a new planet. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a system, just like the Exegol system. You know, something. I, I Googled um, and nothing came up except references to exactly what we're reading right now. So I guess it's probably original. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I just I thought of um, – the out the unknown regions. I thought of the Wayfinder, you know, leading to Exegol. That's kind of where the Remnicor is with with my brain. So, um, but yeah, you're right. That that whole scene, you allow love to cloud your judgment, and then he's just done with it. He's done with chasing Vader's legacy, and now he broke free from following that, and he is doing his own thing. He's his own villain. He's his own character. He's his own complicated Solo Skywalker. Just I mean, he's got such a complex character, such a complex character. And um, so I know Adam Driver would be able to actually pull off this complex situation. And uh, I think Adam Driver should have given, been given the opportunity to pull off such a complex role. Um, I don't think that I, I really, the more I think about Rise of Skywalker, I think a lot of the Ben Solo stuff towards the end was wasn't originally filmed and was probably rushed and um, I think was kind of cheesy in the full context of the film. So to see a powerful Hamfist. Very, very and but listen, I mean it was an homage to Harrison Ford. It would have made sense if they actually allowed it to breathe a little bit more, but it was like oh. cutscene, 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 cutscene. What? Like so anyways, I think to see Adam Driver pull this off um, to just cut himself off from the legacy of Anakin uh, and be his own villain, that would have been a, an amazing moment to see Adam While Driver. at the same time addressing it visually with the metal on the face and also the line of dialogue about love clouding your judgment, you know, I think it, you're right. It, it would have made his character, which I think Kylo Ren was to a lot of people one of the m- most interesting characters. And he, he was visually stunning, played by a great actor. People always like the dark side Sith, uh, Sith lords, and and um, it, he just never really came into his own. I don't think, and this stuff I think would have done a better job of that. Yeah. So, uh, well, we'll never get to see it. So, uh, only in our mind's eye. All right. Leia is at the resistance base overseeing the resistance now. So we cut from Coruscant and she's just doing her thing at the base, presumably with the Hobbit guy. And, uh, you know, who else is there? (laughs) I don't know. Who's the, who's the guy Claude that JJ Abrams said a big, you know, before the movie came out, Claude's our guy, Claude's our guy. He was in the movie for like half a second. Anyway, and then I guess Ray, after she's having this exchange with Luke Skywalker, she's still on this planet. But before Ray leaves on her mission, she has an exchange with Leia where Ray says she believes they're still good in Kylo. Leia is skeptical, but Ray believes in her Jedi training. Leia says to Ray, "You're not like my father or my brother. 
You're new. Whatever happens, remember the force chose you, Ray. Your story isn't written by anyone else. Mm. Wow. Okay. It is for me a non, uh, uh, not a hater, but a non fan of The Last Jedi. This connects The Last Jedi and the dialogue between Kylo Ren and Rey, and I think what would have been a classy continuation of that thread and would have added credibility hearing it from Leia and then doubling that up with Force Ghost Luke, who also told her the same thing. The fact that they are they are telling her that the Force chose her is extremely powerful and props her up in to have two Skywalkers tell Ray that the Force chose her, props her up in an echelon of Jedi that not many Jedi could be propped up. Mm. So I think for me, who struggled with that line in The Last Jedi, because it was being delivered by a Sith or presumably a, a dark a dark side user, Kylo Ren, who could have been manipulating her, although the Sith deal in absolute, yeah, I got into a fight with a lot of people that. Anyway, um, to have her being propped up by two Skywalkers, she would have been – that would have – for me, that's all you need, dude. You don't need the bloodline. You don't need any of the, the legacy, the history. To have two Skywalkers deliver those lines, the Force chose you. That would have been all – that for me, that's all I would have needed. It's wild like seeing how the movie we got you know, chose to – take the things that people didn't like or the the loud segment of fandom didn't like about Last Jedi and fix them by retconning them. Whereas mm. this movie just wrote a good story. Make it hit home. Pulled those things full circle and makes it and made it work. Like right. if this was what we got, I wouldn't have been mad about her being nobody because it like you said, it's 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 great. I I don't even I'm just Right. This makes me. I'm getting sad going through this. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> don't get sad. Don't get sad. It, it's kind of. It's kind of. I like to hear you say it. It's also crazy to hear you guys say it because at the end of the Last Jedi, I get where people say they were frustrated, but this is exactly what I thought. Is they were like, "Well, she's nobody." Well, like, oh, well, if she's nobody, that means she's just with the Force in that way. It's mm-hmm. just part of her. And that's just it. Just because it chose her, and that, and I, I thought that was such a cool, compelling thing. Yeah. Um. And and they, someone was gonna lay it out in a really nice way. I think. I think I think if uh, if they didn't, I think the problem is that so many of us, even if it's not exactly this, we're like. I want her to be Jaina Solo. Like, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. not necessarily exactly that, but like, that's that it comes from that we want her to be this character we already have or yeah. some version of that. So, when, so for her to There's be that, just that nugget in the somebody. back of your mind. Yeah. yeah. It's your, in your lizard brain. Right. Well, I mean, one of my favorite theories I had before this movie came out was uh, thinking that Ray was uh, a solo. And that, you know, I, I came up with this elaborate, you know, expanded universe-esque story to connect Ray as a child of Han and Leia. And it was just a creative writing thing. But I was ultimately resigned. I was resigned to the fact that she was she was nobody. I, I said it on our show. I, I was fine with that as long as she took the Skywalker name 
at some point. Like that was her mantle. And I don't know if I don't remember if I said I would I wanted her to be Ray Skywalker or if she would start the I know I said I wanted her to start the order of the Skywalkers. I know that's something I said on I the think show. That still could I that I thought that at celebration when they announced the name of the movie and right. I still reading this script, I still think that could have been kind of the nicest most honest way to keep that name going. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, listen, man, I, this is a um, this is a pretty intelligent take on The Last Jedi script. So I am definitely, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, once again, you got to have an open mind. And this is something that I would have, I think, would have made me appreciate The Last Jedi. Whereas now, whereas now I, I just see three disconnected movies. That's that's and we're not even towards the end of the script yet. We're not even towards the end of this. We're we're. We're a little bit over halfway, but um, yeah. Now, now I just see three disconnected movies. So, whatever. All right. So, back into it. It's uh, this is where the Reddit thread kind of gets a little funky. I'm not a hundred percent clear what exactly this means. It yes. says RMB starts summarizing. Yeah. So the reference the guy in the video. Yeah, That's Robert Meyer Burnett. Form thoughts. Then I guess right. Yeah, I guess he just gets a little tired and, um, you know, just kind of off the cuff, I guess. I don't know. I didn't watch the video. So if anyone, if any of our listeners watched the video, long, so yeah, that's was it why two I hours? didn't watch it either. Maybe one of us should have done that. Maybe was he actually <laughs> reading it verbatim before this? Potentially. I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I will say whoever this UDAR 55, um, you backslash UDAR 55 on Reddit. Thanks for summarizing because I, I did not want to watch this video. Um, you, you sound like a total noob, Chris. You don't say the you, you slash part. Oh, I know. I was doing that on purpose. <laughs> but I am out of time. HTTP colon. HTTPS. WWW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's me. That's me all day. Um, all right. So this is was where the Reddit thread gets weird. So um, we will post this. We will post this Reddit thread on the SW Friends Show Twitter. Um, we'll post it on our Facebook. Uh, we'll see if we can get a link up on Instagram, even though I don't. You think you have to have a certain amount of followers to get an active link in your stories. Um, but with that, um, we'll post this so you guys can read along because it does it does just kind of abruptly just say R&B starts summarizing now. So I guess we just got to go off our thoughts. All right. So we know that Leia just had this conversation with Ray and sets the precedent that Ray is her own person, her own Jedi, right? Have to go down your own path. Just like Kylo is going on his own path in this Remnicor. Okay, so we have Ray on her journey, Kylo on his journey. Here we are. Now, the First Order, who we know, Chancellor Hux was told by Kylo to find the girl, crush the resistance, et cetera, et cetera. So the First Order actually tracks down that stolen Star Destroyer to the planet Korolov, where the resistance base is, but the resistance escapes. So I'm just imagining the opening scene in Last Jedi. Okay, similar setup, nothing too crazy there. Or Hoth. Um, yeah, or Hoth. So now Team A, which we know is Finn, Rose, C-3PO, R2-D2, they successfully infiltrate the Jedi Temple on Coruscant and turn on the beacon, that Old Republic beacon that sent out the signal to the Allies. It cuts to different places around the galaxy receiving the signal, including... Which they outline here, a Bosk cameo. Weird. Yeah, there was a, an odd choice of this guy's definitely going to be one of the people that gets it, but <laughs> right. cool, cool nonetheless. I, I'd, I'd go for a shot of Bosk. 
I'm totally down with it. I mean, Bosk, I, I don't I don't know enough about the Trandoshan species, how long they live. This he would have been pretty old at this point in time. Um actually no, they do live no, quite this a is, long time. Because well, in yeah. the Clone Wars, uh the Clone Wars animated show, Bosk has a dad, right? And he kills his dad. Bosk Am I crazy? No, Bosk, I is that- in Cl- Bosk is in Clone Wars for sure. Well, Boss kills his dad. I don't remember if it was in the animated show or a, a supplemental material. My brain, my, my did pre-canon and Disney canon brain, I think, are colliding right now. I'm going to tell you that Bosk, I'm pretty sure, does not kill his own dad on Clone Wars, but he does appear. <laughs> you know, I might. it might be from a bounty hunter book from the 1990s. I believe you that it happened. But boss does, yeah, he does kill his dad to take over the, the guild or whatever. Anyways. So, um, boss gets a message from the force beacon. This could have been one of those cool montages that we were predicting, you know, like here's this person, this person, this person, this person, they're all getting the message. It could have, you know, could have been quick shots, no dialogue, but it could have been really cool in a, in a fantastic storytelling device visually. And versus just like two people who disappear and then come back with 10,000 ships, right? Now we're actually seeing this signal go out to the allies, recruiting the allies to this final battle. Uh, it makes total sense. And once again, I just keep looking at the notes and seeing Bosk's name in there, and it just makes me so happy. So anyways, um, the signal, though, somehow is cut off by the First Order. Now, if you reference the earlier part in the script, it says that the First Order doesn't know about this signal. It predates their technology, so that's why they went to go turn it on in the first place. So maybe they just destroyed the temple. Yeah, or they something. must have gotten to the source or something is how I read that and actually destroyed the beacon, right? Right, right. So then Team A, Finn, Rose, R2, C-3PO, they flee into the underbelly of Coruscant. Wouldn't it have been incredible if they went to level 1313. We were just talking about this oh. on the video game show. Oh. If you guys haven't looked or listened to that episode, feel free to check it out. Episode 14, <laughs> Super Star Wars video games. Listen to it. So we, um, you know, but this is something that could have yeah. easily been done. How cool would it have been to see the underbelly of a dilapidated, a burned out, a, you know, a terrible Coruscant? You would have seen some of those vile scum and villainy of, in all of the Star Wars films. I think it would have been cool to see, you know, maybe the surface of Coruscant has changed a lot, but these lower levels probably would be largely the same as they were in the Clone Wars when we had seen them before. You know what I mean? It might not have changed a whole lot down there. See, I'm you know, imagining it gets worse. People in the slums. I'm imagining it gets worse. If the top isn't being taken care of, the bottom is crumbling, right? So um, that's the way I'm thinking. But also, like... You could have got some interesting creatures and some, you know, just really interesting, like a chase sequence or something like that. So that's anyways. one of those. That's one of those cool things that they've done a lot in the Mandalorian, where yeah, if you know, this is a cool reference to a thing you know about. But if you don't know, it's still just a cool thing that exists, whether you've seen it before or not. You know, right? I can imagine right. Rose going to Finn and be like, "We need to get down to level thirteen, thirteen, because that's where the transporter is." Boom, line of dialogue yeah. done. And then you would have cemented Rose to those haters as like, oh shit, Rose just said 1313. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, it would have been, yeah, nerd credibility moment. So anyway, all right, Team B, which is, of course, uh, it is Ray, oh, Chewie, oh, and Ray. Chewie. They're being pursued by the Knife Nine, which is the Knights of Ren ship, and eventually reach a planet called Bonadan. Um, 
I'm still mad at the Knights of Ren. I can't get out the goofy Knights of Ren characters from Rise of Skywalker out of my brain. So that's the one thing that hasn't changed on the script yet. Um, so you know what? Uh, actually, what is it? What's that goofy music that plays with like the Monty Python dudes are running around? Yakety sacks. So the Knights of Ren to me are the yakety sacks of Star Wars. I just I am classic British comedy. <laughs> that's all I think of with the Knights of Ren now. So all right, so they chase. They chase Ray, Poe, Chewie to Bonadan, which is not to be confused with Bonnaroo. Now they're at Bonadan, um, which is not an outdoor music festival where people are on drugs, but it could Pres- be like presumably Pisana. not. I- Pisana was almost like Bonnaroo. So, um, yeah. you, you know, could be a similar thing. So anyways, now it cuts again. Kylo is in the Remnicor and he confronts Tor Valum, who we know now from this time at Mustafar, Vader's castle has a Sith holocron. It tells him, it tells Palpatine to Vader, this is my contingency. If I die, go talk to my master, Tor Valum, who we never heard of before. We only know Darth Plagueis. Um, can I tell you the story of the Darth Plagueis the Wise? Have you ever heard it? I can tell I've you guys it. right now. All right. <laughs> All right. So we can breeze past Darth Plagueis, and now we get to this dude, Tor Valum, who apparently is actually emperor's master or whatever. Um, he is presumably 7,000 years old. He is an alien of unknown origin, spinely intense suit. Uh, okay. Sinewy. Sinewy muscle. Sinewy. I, uh, I promise I know how to read muscle and is very HP Lovecraftian. Okay. If you guys are familiar with HP Lovecraft, uh, the style, um, I can see it in my head. I know exactly what this character looks like. Yeah. And it I almost, think it's, it's like, opposite of yoda right so this is the super old strong dark side user from a an unknown alien origin right that's yoda um but instead of being short and kind of cute and cuddly he's tall (laughs) and spindly and gangly it's like what a i think that could have been such a cool dichotomy I absolutely agree. I didn't even think about that. Uh, I think that is such a good take. And um, I pictured like a Lady Proxima from Solo meets like uh, an alien from Alien, right? Like, uh, you know, chestburster, right? Like Just huge, something like head super- or, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, that would be sick. Uh, the word you're looking for is xenomorph. Xenomorph. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. Secondly, to do my trademark, go back 10 minutes in conversation. Trandoshans like <laughs> live uh, similar to human life uh, span, so take that as you will. That's from Legends, not from Canon. Uh, they haven't established it in Canon. and um, um, They might have been pushing it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't uh, own wars to- I don't like Palpatine having a master. Rule of two. And, uh, and I think him having well, a master p- takes away from his mastery of the everything that he set up previously. No, well, he no. would have had a master at some point, right? Who he defeated. Well, no, but still having a master at this point. Oh, who still existed. Yeah. I wondered if they were going to go see Torvalum, who had another like recording. So if it was like an image or like a hologram or something, or, or if this was actually going to him still be tooling around. Because that would have opened a weird can of worms. I'm not upset with this, okay? Because Tor Valum being 7,000 years old, depending on how Disney canon wants to reference uh, the rule of two and uh, Darth Bane, um, depending on where they want to plug this into the timeline, maybe Tor Valum wasn't around or maybe Tor Valum was a Sith Lord at some point before Darth Bane and went into exile 
and was still kind of hanging around. I know I'm really grasping at straws here, but if we wanted to put some time and effort into making Torvalum work as a pre-Darth Bane, I, dude, I don't even know if Darth Bane is Disney canon, to be clear. I have no clue what their plans are for that. He showed up in, in um, Clone Wars. Yep. That big image. When Yoda voiced by Mark Hamill's dark side. You're right. You're right. Holy shit. Okay. Not to mention the holocrons at Galaxy's Edge uh, have quotes. You're right. We just talked about the holocron. Okay. So anyway, well, who knows? All right. So I like the idea of Tor Valum. I think they could have done something intelligent with this. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, Sorry. I just I think what we said earlier about figuring out a way for this to still be Palpatine, but it not be the way it is in mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. I think um, we could almost sub Palpatine right in for Torvalum here, and it works almost exactly the same. You know, he goes like- to Mustafar to get the holocron, and it says to go see Palpatine, who's actually been manipulating this whole thing. But now I, I so this is where I disagree. Even as a Palpatine um, honk, I I like this adding this ancient Sith, like this brutal. Oh, I think it could be super cool too. Yeah, like this is crazy because this is a Sith alien, dude. Like this is we've I mean outside of Maul, we haven't seen a Sith alien. Like this is sweet to me. I mean, at least on screen. Right. So this is cool. I love it. I love everything about this. And I think that you could have built a really cool backstory out of this and tied it into maybe some old Republic stuff, maybe tie it into some future movies. Somebody could have Um, explained it somehow that, that made it sit. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you're talking 7,000 years old there. So, all right. So anyways, regardless of whoever this Tor Valum is and how he came to be, it came to be Kylo begins training with Torvalum and it's it says here, excuse me. Um, it's an ode to the empire strikes back cave scene. Kylo is fighting Vader, which holy. Okay. George Lucas always said star Wars is poetic. It's all about poetry. Okay. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful poetic moment. Kylo's fighting Vader in a, a scene very similar to, Empire Strikes Back. We know that Kylo just threw Vader's helmet off the balcony in Coruscant and basically disavowed Vader, but it sounds like he's still haunted by him. The fight is brutal and Kylo loses. We could have gotten another Darth Vader Rogue One-esque lightsaber scene, which was very brutal. And uh, I would have loved to seen that. I would have loved to seen a Kylo Ren Darth Vader lightsaber battle. I think that makes sense when you look at the first two films, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, culminating in this this moment where he's trying to separate from Vader. He they have that scene prior to this where he does separate from Vader, but now he has to confront him, and mm-hmm. and but he loses, but he loses. That's fascinating to me. Well, um, it's like it's showing that his whole conflict with his bloodline and the dark side in general is ultimately gonna defeat him you know that's right. the lesson the force is telling him there you know just like luke was scared that he's gonna turn into vader and that was the lesson he learned in the or, or his fear that he confronted in the cave you know um right i, I think it could have been a cool thing it could have it could have so so we have this we have this whole scene where he does that okay cool very empire strikes back very luke on dagobah um training very good didn't even put that together but now in my mind's eye has seen it thank you kyle all right, now we're on Bonadan, 
where Poe is taking Ray to a seer who can pull information out of memories. Okay, so a Force-sensitive user. Um, cool. All right, like it. The seer pulls a star chart a star chart out of Ray's mind from her visions with Kylo. Beautiful. Love it. It's it's expanding that Force bond moment in a way that I could have never even thought of. Um, awesome. Awesome. So then after they pull that star chart out, which is way better. It's a way better device than the Wayfinder. Just need to throw that out there. It's anyway, very, it's it's very um, Harry Potter and Voldemort. Yes. You know their connection and they're they're trying to kind of see each other's mind's eye through it. Now I like the MacGuffin of the Wayfinder, but this is, in my opinion, a superior storytelling device. Well, we're and c- we're cementing that connection and we're establishing it in a meaningful way. Exactly. Exactly. So. As they're doing this, they're pulling that star chart out. The Knights of Ren show up, and they fight uh, Rey in a lightsaber battle. She defeats the Knights of Ren, and Team B escapes. Please, please let me see this. I want to see Rey defeat the Knights of Ren. I hate the Knights of Ren, and I love Rey, so um, that would just be a personal um, victory for me. But uh, that sounds like a cool scene. They're mid, you know, they're in this like seance almost having this forcing Poe is witnessing this happen. Well, and, and don't forget what Ray is wielding her double sided staff and oh. it's going to be so sick. Oh. Yeah. God damn it. I am thinking, dude, you're right. I forgot she had a dual lightsaber. <laughs> he just brought it back to me. Oh, my God. Now, OK, let's think about this. She had she combined Luke's saber with presumably a saber she built herself. Do you think the blades would have been the same color? Since she, I love if they would be different. If it's got two kyber crystals, why not make it two different colors? Right. Otherwise, what's right. the point? Now we're starting to get really deep. Okay, damn it. All right. Anyway, here's where it goes even crazier. Here's where I read in in this script when I'm sitting on I'm reading on my phone and I'm going through this and I'm like, okay, all right, loving this, loving this, and all of a sudden, ding, 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 gets to my territory where my sweet spot is. Here it is. Next part in the script after Team B escapes, which of course is it's Poe, Ray, and Chewie. They escape after killing the Knights of Ren. Guess next scene. Ray and Kylo eventually get to Mortis. Oh my God. My heart palpitated. I, uh, (laughs) uh, which, and let me tell you. So when we go to Mortis, the, the, the Trinity that are there, they basically all die. You know, um, the daughter gives her life, to revive Ahsoka and she kind of maybe exists as that bird a little bit, but uh, they essentially died. And I think since that time, the force has kind of been in turmoil because after that, the, the Jedi fell the the empire rose and then the empire fell again. And then the uh, first order rose. And it, this could have been this force dyad of these, this Skywalker bloodline, and this girl who was chosen by the force and they're going back to Mortis to retake over those roles of the, the son and the daughter who right. have been gone and yes. bring things back into balance. And oh yes. my goodness, the whole thing could have just been so beautiful. I and feel like I just got punched in the gut. Another thing happened. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding. I feel like I'm punched in the gut because 
I, although I, in my predictions, I never thought they would make it to Mortis because I thought that there would be too much exposition to put into that. Um, and my prediction, of course, was the world between worlds. That was my take on. It. I thought that that would have been an easier device to tell. But I think that with Ray going to the Seer to get this star chart that Kylo had, but Kylo is also a Tor Valum, the seven thousand year old Sith, would have made perfect sense to get to Mortis. And I'm just imagining them get to this planet. And then what's beautiful is in this summary of the script, they get to Mortis, and then it cuts to you know, the, the rest of the characters for a little bit. So it's making you as the, as the audience member, as the person watching this movie, you're like, where the hell are they? Like, if you don't know Mortis from the clone wars, you're just like, you know, going to see this movie. You're like, what is going on right now? And then of course they're like, Nope, we're going to hold off and we're going to finish the story later. And the third act. Right. So now we have to wrap up the second act here. And Leia is asking Lando, Lando's back, baby. If he'll organize the smugglers and fight the First Order. Okay, cool. Nice and easy. Not Lando going to get every single person in the galaxy, just getting the smugglers. Has a nice role. people that he has a connection to. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, So he does that. uh, And then Rose, um, she's somehow captured and tortured by the First Order, but she's able to escape. Okay, whatever. You know, that's fine. Um, Finn, R2, and 3PO start a citizen's uprising on Coruscant around the First Order Citadel Palace. Now, I thought in The Rise of Skywalker that Finn and Janna were going to do some type of like trooper uprising just based on all the... I think could have been cool. I think it could have been real cool. It was another missed opportunity. It's weird to even have the dialogue, whatever, regardless. This sounds great. This sounds like a fun scene. I can imagine 3PO being like the mouthpiece. I'm curious how R2 and 3PO would play into that. And I think it could be funny. Oh, Um, totally. Totally. and, and see- Finn being frustrated with them too, because he is frustrated. And- <laughs> yes, yes, I could see it. Like they're standing on top of a staircase, and or three PO takes over the holonet, and he's broadcast all over Coruscant, and three PO is just delivering these awkward lines that, that Finn's trying to feed to him. Uh, yeah, I'm imagining a few different yeah. things that can happen there. So, anyways, that's hilarious. So they start a citizens uprising to go after the First Order Citadel. Love it, absolutely absolutely love that whole and we're, scene. we're setting up this this land battle with the space battle with the force yep. battle that yep. we predicted that didn't really work out in a satisfying way in the rise of skywalker for me right now one thing we haven't talked about that's not in this because we're getting towards the end here no mention of the millennium falcon so I don't know who has it. I don't know where it's at. Maybe maybe it was explained in this because Robert it does Leiter reference video. something interesting coming up. Right, right. But, so um, that's yeah, the that's one a thing. Good question. I don't know. Yeah, where that's that the that one would thing be. I don't know. Um, so, anyways, they start this uprising. Now we're getting. I mean, this is this is actually going into the third act. So I would say that this is part of the third act, the final battle, and. Um, Leia then brings her resistance forces, presumably with the Star Destroyer, um, to Coruscant to battle the First Order. Now a massive space battle, a ground battle, uh, they say here, Return of the Jedi style. Um, and then Chewie somehow flies an X-Wing in this battle, which is weird to think of. Um, how's I got to fi- tell you, I read that and I'm like, A, that doesn't make sense because I don't think he would 
fit. He'd be like so big in that tiny little cockpit. And B, why wouldn't he be flying the Falcon? And C, this is also the one thing that I want to see more than anything else in the history of the world ever (laughs) is Chewie flying an X-Wing with an X-Wing helmet and all his hair poking out (laughs) everywhere. I think, I don't know. I think that would make me so happy and be so fun, but it would be. I I don't know. I don't know why he would be doing it either. Right, right. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, where but, is the Falcon? But it would look so cool. I, oh. Would he put on an orange jumpsuit? Oh my god, it would be so cool. <laughs> he probably try to put on the hat, or the helmet, or like the little vest, and it just wouldn't fit. Or they yeah. would tell him to, and he would growl at him or something. I don't know. I would right. love it. There's a lot of good <laughs> chewy humor there. Uh, so that would be good. Um, all right, so he's flying an X-wing. We got this giant space battle going on, uh, and then we we go to the final battle, which sounds very similar to what I thought was going to happen. What my prediction was, um, different location, but I, I guess the same ending. I thought was going to happen. So Ray and Kylo are having this battle on Mortis. If you haven't seen any of the Mortis episodes in Clone Wars, please, please watch them. Because it will give you an entirely different appreciation to force battles and the the greater force at work. The nature of the force in general. Yeah. Oh, it's just absolutely beautiful. So um, they're on they're on Mortis and they're using force energy that can pull from each other. Okay, so they're they're I got it, I got it. Um, established this connection already a couple times. Yep, and it's it's probably a really unique take on a force battle. Um, I can imagine this being a, a 10-minute on-screen battle, just something super heavy, all different types of uh, back and forth, back and forth, and then... Um, Pushing, pulling, lightsabers, everything, the whole everything, bit. It could be everything. so, so cool. Yeah. Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> yeah. Complete <laughs> well, pandemonium. they're on Mortis. They're, anything can happen. Could you imagine if the brother and sister showed up and then they, they were part of it? I mean, who knows? But that's not in the script. So anyways, at some point, Kylo revealed – or at some point, it's revealed that Kylo killed Ray's parents at the behest of Snoke. Done. It's all you need. It's all you need. That And then that explains why Kylo was so um, – so – I guess rude to her, mean to her, uh, and all that that dialogue in last year it was so cold, um, and that makes Kylo even more villainous. And then and then the audience is like, "Kill this dude!" They are in Ray's corner. They are like, "Dude, he is off with totally, his head." Totally. So Kylo is now pure dark side. You cannot even tell me different. He's telling Ray to her face that he killed her parents, who she wants to know who her parents are. She wants that connection. She wants that family. And he goes, not only in the last movie, he goes, you're nobody. Now in this movie, he reveals in the midst of battle that he killed her parents. The audience would lose their mind. I just want to say, um, for the record, I was already here with him. He killed Han Solo. He did kill Han yeah. Solo. He killed Han Solo. Right. I've hated and him ever an since. an entire star system worth of <laughs> sentient beings. But... And Han Solo, yeah, yeah. No, I mean he is one of the he is one of the most evil characters ever. And for whatever reason, um, but you know, I would still see the good him in in him, and uh, you know his ability to be redeemed. I'm sure. Which that's just the nature of the Jedi. Nature of the Jedi. And I think it could be anybody. It could have been anybody. Could have been. uh, Could have been Earl Palpatine. Could have been Kurt Solo. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't matter, right? Like it's. The Jedi see the good in anybody. We just can't hey, write you, cool. Do you remember? Uh, you remember Thakrin Sal Solo? 
His like it was his like half brother or whatever. He was like total. It was in the oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. EU. No, you're right. You're right. And then um, something just came out the other day. Did you guys see that it's actually Disney canon that Han Solo is actually a prince? It's like a prince of of Karelia or some it's, crazy I'm bull crap so, like that. I'm so mad about it, dude. I was like. So but then I, I thought I also read another thing that that was from a like it's from a from young a adult children's term, novel from a certain point of view a story somebody was telling that it, it could be embellished or a rumor or a it's a take maybe not definitive I yeah, don't know it's it's in, sure. it's in a young adult novel I'd have to look at it um and, and get you that info but it's uh yeah I just saw that I was like yeah anyways all right let's get back to the the duel of the fates here let's this is yeah, we're, we're almost at the end we're at a so 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 Kylo tells Ray that he killed her parents and then all of a sudden towards the end of the battle on mortis lightning dogs cats whatever all going <laughs> crazy on mortis Luke Obi-Wan, Yoda appear as force ghosts to save Ben, but they're unsuccessful. And then Ben is extinguished. Okay? Interpret that how you will. We obviously don't have the script in front of us. I don't think it's just Luke, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. It's probably more. They're on Mortis, so they can gather as many force users as they want to, basically. They have free reign for storytelling on Mortis. But I would imagine um, they are trying to, as you know, Leia tried and Han tried to to pull out the good from from Kylo Ren to turn him back into Ben Solo. They can't do it, and then ultimately, either the Force extinguishes Kylo Ren, or that means Ray extinguishes Kylo Ren with the the power of the Force behind her. It's it's open to interpretation based on this on based on what we're reading right here. I think for Ray to strike him down in that way would kind of undermine everything about Star Wars. I don't think that would be how that went. But I also think Ben is extinguished is probably one of my things I don't really get about this script or or I don't I don't love it that much. I think I think it would have been more interesting if they're in this struggle and they're in kind of a stalemate. And these um, these force ghosts come, and they can't they can't like kind of sway things one way or the other either. And so maybe they just destroy their ships and they trap them there, much like the the um, okay. the original people on Mortis were the the Trinity, you know. And I don't know why she would just strike him down or why he would just die. I don't I don't but. I don't know. So, you, so you're saying you're saying in your version of Duel of the Fates, you would have Ray and Kylo forever uh, marooned on Mortis, and then that's maybe their, in a de- constant that's their struggle. Destiny. They're the dichotomy. They're so they the, take over for brother and sister. Yeah, kind of something like that. Or you I, set up to go back there someday and refinish the story, uh, but I, I don't. I don't like it. I, don't know. I, I will tell you, I, I have had that thought before that. Obviously, Kylo and Ray, they're just proxies of the the brother and sister. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all they are. Um, obviously, they're trying to make Ben the more um, you know com- conflicted character. Um, but I don't. I okay. I think it is. Why a, are we on Mortis? Why'd we go there? 
Uh, that is because that is the root of the force. And I believe that through the Torvalum, uh, and well, I mean, the bigger picture is there. This is, I mean, the bigger picture is maybe we don't know why storytelling, cause we don't, we mm-hmm. didn't extrapolate it from this script, but the, the larger picture to me is that they went to Mortis cause that's, that's the heart of the force. That is, that it's is a nexus it, through which the, the flow of the force, you know, right. goes through there. Right. And it's, it's, it's the world between worlds. It is just a, it's a, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. It is just basically the, the vision of the force and it's, it's at the heart of it. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's not necessarily, um, Ray extinguishing Kylo. Maybe it's the father along with the Jedi. And, um, the balance is that, you know, they need to bring light light needs to come into power over dark for some reason. I don't know why, but um, I don't know. I don't know. You're right. Cause if they extinguish Kylo Ren in the dark, then it just heavily tips the scales to light, which is maybe what they wanted, which is maybe there's a storytelling device as to why. Well, and I think, I think she was setting up in that conversation with Luke earlier about um, light extinguishes dark and darkness overtakes light. And, you told that's what you told me and your master told you and you know right. we, we've got to find the middle and we got to find real balance isn't either end well, of okay. the spectrum. Okay, I got it. You know? I so got how it. How do we get there? How do we get got to actual how you, balance? So exactly what you're saying right there, right? So finding the balance. So the the Jedi ghosts try to turn Kylo Ren light. Doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden Ray, who just delivered that line earlier in the movie, find the balance. She is presumably a light side force user. She does kill Kylo Ren, thus, thus kind of tipping the scales into the dark side because you just said that the Jedi wouldn't do that. The Jedi would mm-hmm. not strike down a, a foe in cold blood or whatever. Um, so maybe Ray just looks at this as a way to even out the, the scales here by murdering Kylo Ren. Yeah, I, I mean, I could actually get on board with that because be I've weird. thought I've said before, I think that's what makes, you know, when Ahsoka says I'm no Jedi and that's part of why, you know, maybe she is wiser than the Jedi were because they have their rigid rules and she's going to, or Ray in this instance, like you're talking about her or whoever you're going to do what's right in that situation. And maybe that's how you find balance is you just go with the will of the force and you do what is the correct thing to do in that moment. And it's hard to just say, this is what you always do because these are the rules and that's never going to fit every situation. You know, you're going to back yourself into a corner and that's what the jet, that's what happened to the Jedi order because they weren't supposed to do these things. But then by engaging in the Clone Wars, they're going against their own basic tenets, and it gets into this whole muddy thing. Um, So, you know, I could could see that, what you're saying, because if they're not going to be the opposites, balancing by, by being opposite of one another on the ends of the spectrum, then one or both of them has to come to the middle. Those are, that's the only way to be balanced, Love it. right? Dude, I think we just figured it out. So <laughs> I think <laughs> that's it. That's all it is. I think we just we just finished Colin Trevorrow's script. But one thing you said there, just side note, side note. You said Ahsoka 
Okay. And I just want to make a really quick. <laughs> I'll always try to work that in. <laughs> really, really quick prediction. I think that Ahsoka is going to get a revenge on Barris Offy, and that's why we did not see Barris Offy in the uh, as an Inquisitor in the Fallen Order game. I think that we're going to see the fate of Barris Offy uh, determined in these upcoming Clone Wars episodes. Oh, so. really? Well, you brought that up. Uh, I don't remember when. It might have been. Well, a couple because weeks you ago. said she's on. You, I remember exactly when it's been eating me up. No, <laughs> you said you had Barris Offy on one of your Star Wars Heroes teams. Oh, I, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A, okay. She's a she's a traitor. And a, yeah. No. Totally. And I think I think Ahsoka is going to have uh, something to say about that. Okay. So let's wrap this up. Let's get there. Let's get. We're almost there. So we have this incredible Mortis moment, incredible Mortis moment, which Kyle and I just finished up the script for Colin Trevorrow uh, and explained why it all makes sense. But now um, this boy, Robert Meyer Burnett, the the guy who apparently got his hands on this script, uh, it says here he seems to be at the end of this recap. So just for, quote, housekeeping's sake, the resistance won, first order loses, duh. And then the last part here is interesting. It says one file, one final deet, D E E T. Han Solo did appear in the script, and does, and then my my thing cuts out. What does it actually say? I, th- I think you you when you copied it over, you just missed it. <laughs> okay. One what does he final do? deet, which is short for detail. Um, yep. Han Solo did appear in the script and does confront Kylo Ren at some point. There period. we go. That's- okay, that's right. That's right. Okay, so he confronts Kylo. Listen, I have no qualms with that scene in The Rise of Skywalker. That was my that was one of my favorite scenes. Loved it. Uh, Harrison Ford's legend, Han Solo's legend, and the way that all went down was nice. Um, so who knows how they would have done it in this script? Um, but it, it's a good thing to think about. So, oh my God, this is um, a lot to dissect, a lot to think about. And if I had any animation skills whatsoever, I would attempt to animate this, uh, mm. this story, you know, if someone would make this, uh. um, now I don't want to be that guy. That's like, Oh, let's start a GoFundMe And, and you know, like those oh, no. idiots, like those idiots back in, uh, last Jedi days. Um, no, I'm not here to, to rewrite history. We got the movie we got. I'm gonna, like I said, here's my thing, man. I, I'm not necessarily going to talk about one movie, Unless unless we have a show where we want to dissect certain parts of these movies. But I think just as a sequel trilogy, I just I, boy. Um <laughs> I don't have much I don't have much I'm kinda reading I'm I was while you were reading through what was a copy and paste in our Google Doc, there you know, peek behind the curtain for anybody listening, but uh <laughs> I was reading along on actual Reddit and the there's a lot of <laughs> comments that are kind of saying stuff that we were saying too. And oh, okay. uh, somebody, somebody's quoted the part about her making a double sated lightsaber. And they're like, yes, exactly this. Why didn't she make it and use it? I don't care whose lightsaber <laughs> she had. I wanted to see her with a double bladed staff and actually fight people, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that. I, I agree. They she fought with the staff. Let's see her fight with the staff. She well, was that's the thing. I think I think a lot of people made that connection when she had the staff, and a lot of people expected her to have a double bladed lightsaber. I know. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. No question. I thought it would be cool. Now, did I think that she was going to combine Luke's with a, a newer one? No, but that is a hell of an idea, and I think that yeah. it would have played out beautifully on screen. Well, 
and we wouldn't have had all that awkward legacy lightsaber stuff with all these confusing everyone. There was, I, I, listen, the more I think about Rise of Skywalker, that all that lightsaber stuff was super confusing to me. It was weird. Who's lightsabers? Who's got what? Where? And and that's like an exact metaphor for like tying the past to the future too. Like, well, we've got go. I've got the there old one go. on one side, but then we got the new one over here because we're going on to. I'm gonna puke. I'm gonna puke. I uh, so I think we we kind of like this movie. Me and Chris <laughs> did anyway. Josh. <laughs> no, I so I, I was telling Chris uh, during the the bathroom break. Uh, another <laughs> oh, people. Although no, our Star Wars friends won't know about that here. bathroom break. Yeah, you know, you guys don't know about that bathroom break. Um, I was telling him that the as we go through this, I'm I'm like so into it. It's like making me sad. <laughs> oh, I'm like, well, all right, Chris, when we when we mix this down, I need you to record or play the fanfare underneath the uh, the, the crawl. Uh, we're gonna have to hire in some voice actors, yeah, get some oh, yeah. more lines of dialogue in here. We'll fill this out. Yeah. What's Mark well, Thompson doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, it's weird. I mean, this is I, I wonder if we are gonna get the full script and if someone's actually gonna release it the way that this Robert Meyer Burnett had it. Um I I don't know. I don't I don't Man, yeah, I, I think I would too. I think I would too. And I, I'm not like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and say let's let's ban rise of skywalker no, and i'm not that guy i'm not going to be well this is my star wars ain't it? but uh, this story is really interesting to me and i would have liked to have seen this movie made well shit guys we we've had two cannons in our lifetime why can't we have three so it's like you know um disney's already screwed up josh and i for following along these stories for 25 plus years 30 years to only to be told that Nah, sorry, we're going to go a different way, and we're going to be completely disconnected from the story group, from cinematic to comic books to, like, do what? Like, I still can't unravel this whole disbanding of the expanding universe. Um, only, ah, whatever. Anyways, that's a whole different show, which we can definitely do a show on. Um, but bottom line is, I think we, yeah, you're right. We all like this script. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe someday someone will do an animated version of this. Um, I wish I could. I wish I was talented enough to do it because as I wonder did, how complete it really is, you know, because all we got is these bullet points. I mean, do we have an actual fully fleshed out screenplay or do we just have kind of rough ideas? There's that one spot where, you know, maybe this isn't why the this is why the movie didn't get made because there's that one spot where it basically says, uh, Ray goes somewhere to learn something that'll explain it. And that's about <laughs> right, it. But right. they, yeah. they never could figure that plot point out and pull it all together. And, <laughs> They might have never given it a chance because, um, you know, like I said, Carrie Fisher, it's referenced here. She passed away a week after this was uh, submitted. And we know that, you know, J.J. went through great lengths to, I guess, just cut and paste a lot of dialogue and, um, you know, unused footage of Carrie Fisher. felt like they couldn't pull it off without her, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's my only that's my only. I mean, really logical idea why other than that and the Colin Trevorrow had the bomb book of Henry. Um, also, J.J. Abrams, guys, he's a major Hollywood player. He's a power player in Hollywood. So it would make sense that this dude would would win uh, this power struggle with Colin Trevorrow, who's only claim to fame is uh, a halfway decent Jurassic Park movie, which is Ooh. not an original concept. Do you? Well, actually, you know what? I've got to come full circle because I know Josh made a face about this too. But the original 
John Williams scored Laura Dern starring Jurassic Park was a phenomenal movie. And it was an even better book. But that's an aside. That has almost nothing to do with and the that's ex- frat Jurassic Parks. But That's exactly what the face I made was trying to convey to you guys. <laughs> I felt it in my heart because I, I felt uh, the same way. <laughs> um, takes me right back to middle school. Just uh, the first the, one. I mean, they're they're, they're all the original the adaptation of the so original good. novel. Yeah, guys, so great, and anything scored by John Williams. But I have an oh, actual here. Question let me about, let me do it for you, Chris. I don't like '90s movies. <laughs> you know me very watch well. Art House films. Listen, <laughs> well, so I'm gonna watch uh, that that a uh, Bill Murray movie with uh, where he's in the submarine that I can't think of the name of right now. <laughs> Well, life Aquatic. Okay. Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic. <laughs> you guys know me. You guys know me too well. I was just going to say, I can't wait to hear your Jurassic Park podcast. I can't. I, I wish you guys would do that. Uh, I read the book and watched the movie many times. So. You know, damn well, it. I, I read the book too. I read the book. Well, and I also, I played some John Williams uh, music when I was in middle school band. Thank you very much. That's exactly where yeah. I remember it from too, was a middle school <laughs> band. I was like fourth chair trombone, like some garbage playing in a middle school gymnasium. But hell, it was Jurassic Park. So let me ask you guys this. So regardless of your opinion on the rise of Skywalker, the movie is decisive. People have strong opinions and there's a lot of people on both sides. Do you think this movie that we just read the synopsis for would have been more divisive, less divisive or, you know, about the same. Same. Yeah, Josh and I were talking about this. It would have – it doesn't matter. I think you were going to piss people off regardless. And that is when we did our prediction show, I said the whole point of this movie was to to bring unity in the fan base. They didn't do it. They didn't do what they needed to do to unify the fan base. So really – they pissed off a whole legion of of people with the rise of Skywalker, which is a different legion of people they pissed off from the Last Jedi. And with this movie, they would have pissed people off. But you know who's to say who, who would they have pissed off? I mean, probably the, the same people are pissed off now because it's not a romance story. It actually would have vilified Ben Solo much more, um, you know, in these movies. Yeah, so not have made him look better for the people who wanted that. No, but I think I think it doesn't. The, if you were mad at the outcome of Duel of the Fates, um, you know, which to me, if, after reading through this, is a great story, a great ending to this to this to this uh, sequel trilogy. Um, that's on you, man. If you're not happy with the way that this movie ends, that's on you. I don't know. Like Rise of Skywalker, I can see why people are mad. Last Jedi, I can see why people are mad. This is this goes in a totally different direction. I think I think it would be pretty much the same because what are the points of contention? The Ben Demption, the Ray, the Raylo relationship, and the the kind of nefarious retconning of Last Jedi plot points. So you would have gotten a good a good rating on one of those things because this ties into Last Jedi well. But you mm-hmm. wouldn't have you wouldn't have had Ben's redemption or Raylo. So I think all those people that put all of their plot eggs in that basket would still be even they might even be even more upset because at least this movie the skywalker gave them a taste of what they wanted just not exactly how they wanted it good good points good points gives them nothing okay so so that being said chris you predicted before going into this or and i think we all hoped for it i i i said it was maybe unrealistic but hoping that 
this third movie was going to kind of bring everybody to have together and, and, and please most people, you know, you're never going to please every single person. But so if we saw the rise of Skywalker, we know that didn't really unify the fandom and we read through this duel of the fates and we don't feel like it would have either. Is there any story that could have pleased the majority? Do you think that? Uh, okay, yeah, okay. It's called so, the New Jedi Order. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, so listen, you just said the key word there, the majority. And what we forget sometimes is that the vocal people in Star Wars fandom are not the majority. We got to remember that those people on those hardcore fandoms that have the hardcore ideas, they are a small but vocal part of the fandom. So when you talk majority, you're talking those people who spent the the billion dollars that the Rise of Skywalker made at the box office. That's your family that has children. That's your casual fan that doesn't listen to Star Wars Friends podcast, which, by the way, you should be listening to Star Wars Friends podcast. That is your, you know, hey, man, I, did you see the new Star Wars movie? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, man. I wish Darth Vader would still come. You know, there's all like that's your that's your majority. And I think with this film, you would have pleased the same amount of people that the Rise of Skywalker pleased, um, because it's you're gonna get those hardcore fandom sirens blaring at you no matter what story you pull out. And uh, I think the majority would have been happier though with this film, in my opinion, it, the way it played in my mind's eye, because you have those touchstones, those hallmarks of familiar locations, you have the familiar characters. And you have an interesting um, conclusion to this saga, which brings in all these Jedi masters and powerful force abilities. Um, whereas the Rise of Skywalker, the, the the third act of that film was, I'm just gonna say, it, total train wreck, absolute train wreck. And yeah, I know it's Chris it's is really. I feel I've got to tell you, we've been recording for like quite some time now, and I am feeling guilty. Because the last time Chris and I talked about the rise of Skywalker, he was really <laughs> pumped and I was kind of bashing it for like two hours. And now he doesn't seem to like it anymore. And I feel like <laughs> well, a little guilty. Not, not, you, can, you can feel a little guilty because you did. You, you, anytime I have a conversation with somebody that has thoughts like yours, it's always planting seeds. Like, you know, when you, when you have real conversations, you're always planting little seeds of doubt or like, oh, I didn't see it from this way. I didn't see it from this way. And the first thing, the, the episode that we recorded before you were on, Kyle, uh, yeah, it was, was me, baby. Yeah, oh, I started it. Got him. <laughs> so where it started was in our, in our peek behind the curtain show notes, our Google docs, we had likes and we had dislikes and I'm like, I don't want to talk about dislikes. I didn't want to put it down, but as we started, it was a talking, simpler time back then, Chris, <laughs> oh, like what? Three, four weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Like, so it's, you know, um, that's the thing. I mean, once again, it's, it's important to have conversations. It's, it's important to not be stuck in your ways. Be open-minded. Be open to different stories, different ways of thinking, and that's what this show is all about. To hate a movie too, guys. <laughs> I <laughs> just don't be open-minded about it. Listen, listen. You know what I really hate is the fact that we don't even have these supplemental materials out yet. We don't have any books out. The novelization yeah, got pushed tie up back. Some loose ends, right? Yeah. Oh, it's just embarrassing. Lucasfilm and Disney. This is a this whole rollout of this movie is a train wreck, dude. Like it's just. They haven't kept any secrets before prior to the release. And like we know that because now That's it's like oh. thing we haven't really addressed, but some of those leaks that you now can look at from before that they got it. 
They, they got it. They were true. So with the Mandalorian that no one knew about Baby Yoda, the greatest surprise in Star Wars history, how could they keep it tight on a TV show where J.J. Abrams, notorious for secrets, couldn't keep a secret with his movie? It's crazy. I, I don't want to trash talk. I'm already on record as not being the biggest fan of that movie. But our uh, our friend Maggie, who was on this show, actually said yeah. th- that it, when everybody involved in a project – is invested and on board and in love with what they're doing. It's believable to keep that secret because people care about the art or the project or how right, you right. say that. And when people aren't as into it and people don't really support it uh, as universally, that's when some of those leaks happen. And, you know, as a non industry person, I'm completely just a fan, but that makes sense to me, you know? Right. Well, um, you know, Maggie definitely brought up a lot of good thoughts um, and a lot of good perspective on on the show that she was on. And, yeah, it's a combination of all these different conversations that are swaying my my thoughts on this film. But especially after reading this treatment for Duel of the Fates, it's uh, pretty eye opening what what could have happened could have been. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to go down um, that that route, uh, but who knows? We still got Justin and Vic to talk to, but uh, for tonight, let's um, let's get out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. You got a really good feeling about this. So I don't want to put the uh, the pod before the uh, I don't even know where the hell I was going with this before <laughs> the little the horse. engine yeah. things. Yeah. Here here it goes. Uh, this might have been my favorite episode we've we've done so far um, in the Star Wars friends. So you know this is um, this was off the cuff. This was this was definitely just kind of roll with it and just um, talk about our thoughts live and you know with with just raw emotion raw star wars fandom um got delivered on this episode so i'm happy to have done this episode with you guys because it definitely i mean this was <laughs> it's a tough one it, this is a tough episode um and you know i'm sure we're gonna dissect this further and i'm sure we're gonna have many more discussions about the rise of skywalker and yeah i'd like know, to what, see what they can justin have to say about this i wonder if they've read through it Oh, I would love it. I would love it. So we'll have to wait till next episode to get those guys on. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if, if you guys are, if you guys listen to the show, you have your own thoughts. You, you I want to know how you feel about this. I want to know how you feel. Do you still love Rise of Skywalker? Would you rather have Duel of the Fates or do you rather have none of the above? I mean, maybe that's a poll that we put on our social this week um, and kind of see where it goes. So if you guys haven't connected with us on social already, let's get on it, baby. You can hit us up at SW friend show on twitter uh sw friend show on instagram sw friend show on facebook we'd love to hear from you we'd love to interact with you guys um we obviously do we love seeing people's collections we love seeing people's pins we're all pinheads over here as you probably know from earlier podcasts but we want to hear from you that's what it's all about i think i'm going to put that poll up and yeah. we're going to see would you would you rather have rise of skywalker dual fates or none of the above i'm fascinated to see what what the results would be on that one so uh hey listen thank you everyone for for 
for tuning in to Star Wars Friends. We don't have corporate sponsorship behind us. We don't funnel money into promotion. So everyone listening right now, you guys have found us uh, through you know a unique way, whether you searched or saw us on social. Thank you for giving us a chance. It really means a lot to us, and, and we love growing this community. We love meeting Star Wars friends, uh, Star Wars friends from all over the world. Uh, we know for a fact we have listeners all over the world now. So thank you guys so much for joining our community, and we want we want to keep growing that. We want to hear from you guys, but really, thank you so much for tuning into the Star Wars Friends Show. It's it's our pleasure to to kind of give our thoughts to you guys and and, and have that communication. So uh, it means a lot. Um, other than that, man, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I'm still a little whew, kind of I'm just deeply emotionally affected by what we just went through. So <laughs> you know, a deep episode. Yeah, it was yeah. a real deep episode. So there hey. we're gonna have to try to forget I read this probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna go get some tacos. That's uh, that's where I'm gonna go. I'm that's gonna go wipe good. away my pain with some tacos. So hey, listen, thanks for listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. We love you guys. Thank you so much. If you if you love us, hit us up with a uh, a review on iTunes. You just smash your glass and hit us with a five star review and let us know why you love the Star Wars Friends. Um, so not only that, man, like you want to talk to me on Twitter, you can hit me up at no one is Chris. Where can they find you guys? I'm Josh and I'm Battle of Taneb on Instagram and Twitter. This is Kyle and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram. That's right, baby. So hit us up. Uh, we want to talk to you guys. Other than that, I'm going to go enjoy this these tacos on this cold Hoth night. I'm going to bid you adieu. May the force be with you all. Oh, you're cold? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later, guys. Later, guys.